What's up, folks? You are tuned into the Failing Frequency. I'm Ethan. And I'm Mike. And we are here to talk all things Trek. Uh, today yeah. is part two of uh, our courtroom episodes retrospective <laughs> series, I guess. Yeah, we're on the. Uh, um, we've done TOS and the movies and TNG. So now it's everything past that. Yeah. Um, before that, we're going to uh, run through some uh, some recent Star Trek news. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first up, Mike, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. A, a hard day's work followed by uh, a fun little conversation we're going to have here, or, you know, three or four hour conversation we'll have here, um, makes a Thursday worthwhile. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That and I just watched um, She-Hulk before we started as well. Yeah, dude. That was oh, the, good. yeah, that was, that was basically, that was my day. Yeah. Watching She-Hulk. Um, yeah. yeah. Great. And how are you, how are you doing? Oh, well, She-Hulk was great. Yeah. Um, yeah. everything I want in and anything. Yeah. Um, uh, how am I? I'm, I'm great. I've got, um, I've got, I've got American family and, mm. uh, American extended family and American friends of family. And we've, we've got some, uh, some American friends of family visiting at the minute. And, uh, I went back to my family's home. Uh, for a, for the get together a few days ago, and I spent much of the evening dropping little anti-Trump dog whistles. Yeah, um, because obviously I had a lot of material to work with. Well, it, yeah. it's just the uh, gift that keeps on giving at the moment. Yeah, isn't it? it really is. Um, I would say I was uh, I was making fun of Alex Jones a lot, and I was making fun of um, Donald Trump getting his fucking shit busted. Yeah, um, which is fun. So yeah, yeah, Donald Trump had his house at Mar-a-Lago, the golf resort, fucking raided, and um, the FBI pulled out a bunch of what I'm picturing as big cartoon boxes with hmm. big red stamps uh, saying "Top Secret" all, yeah. all over them. Um, pretty funny, okay. isn't it? But they were planted, Ethan. Other than that, he wants them back. <laughs> he wants the planted documents back. Yeah, they were planted. Um, yeah. A, they were planted, or, or yeah, they they had no they had no cause to go in. Yeah. Um, well, no, it, just... it's all the excuses where. Yeah. I think you'll find I redacted them, and also they were planted. Um, and also, Obama took some. Yeah, Obama so did. I should be allowed to take I? some. And why um, aren't you investigating um, Hillary? Yeah, and I think you'll find the FBI is corrupt, and um, who doesn't yeah. just have top secret files in their basements with no locks on for a good long while? It's just it's what it is is it's all these excuses that he offered offered forth without anyone asking him. Mm. Um, none of which are true. Yeah. And then he like throws in, and they took my passports, and it's like, so they think you're a flight risk then as well. <laughs> it's just like, shut up, yeah, <laughs> just shut up. Well, but anyway, uh, we were here to talk about, Star yeah, Trek man. So that's women. like, let's, yeah, that's like real world news. Yeah, the 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 boring stuff. Let's get onto some Trek news. Um, so, so first exciting. up, I know it is, isn't it? Hmm. Um. First up, we were talking the other week about Star Trek, you know, being you know being nominated for some kind of 
I don't know, kind of meh awards award for the Emmys, yeah. you know, makeup awards, special effects, that, you know, the, the classic kind of stuff. Um, but the Hollywood Critics Association awarded Star Trek Strange New Worlds the Legacy Award uh, a few days ago, uh, which is, you know, it's one of the, it's, yeah, it sounds more prestigious than fucking makeup. I mean, I understand its legacy for Star Trek and yeah, yeah. following on for TOS, but it, it makes me laugh how it's a legacy award for a show with 10 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's like, ep- thank you. Thank you for staying in there the, for so yeah. long. But it's because it, it's obviously because it's a, it's a prequel and it's so vintage. They're like, it's the perfect show for a legacy award because yeah. of how retro chic it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, obviously, completely shallow and vacuous and like meaningless twaddle. Changing hands, probably. Uh, <laughs> but Most what I did stuff. like is, is in part of the uh, acceptance speech, um, Henry Alonzo Myers, uh, mm-hmm. who's an executive producer for the show, said, um, was talking about when they pitched the show. Um, He says, in the first pitch document that we sent to the network, we opened with a question asking, what if we just did Star Trek? Yeah. Um, And they said, okay. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, Which makes sense, considering the show that we got, especially in comparison to the shows that they were giving us. Yeah. Um. Discovery and Picard were very much like at the time they came out, they were presented as we're taking Trek in a new direction. Yeah. Lower decks um, as well. You know, we, yeah. we obviously like lower decks, but it is obviously, oh, it's Star Trek, but funny. It's a, mm. a cartoon. Star Trek, comedy. but rude. Yeah. Ooh. Star, it's Star Trek, but one of the characters is Spread Eagle. Yeah. And I, I, I don't particularly hate the idea of Star Trek doing new stuff. I'm not one of those people. Um, mm-hmm. but four or five in a row, you know, when, when there are fans just saying like, oh, this is all different, you know, as well as appear, appealing to four different quadrants, you know, if you throw something up there that appeases older fans, then great. And that's maybe they should have done it before, before now. Hmm. Yeah. Cause I guarantee the section 31 show isn't Star Trek again. And I guarantee the Starfleet, well, Star Trek. Fleet Academy could be, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe. Yeah, when it comes um, out in um, 2040. Maybe. I'm hoping that Starfleet Academy is like is more like Star Trek Animal House. And it's like mm. a, a super inappropriate... It's one of those like silly boob co- booby con- comedies from the 80s and 90s. Like, yeah. you know, Animal House, Police Academy. Um, They've got the dean know. there like Delta Shift. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna be, yeah, I hope I hope they do. If if they're smart, that's what they'll do. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, that's fun. Um, obviously, it's it's you know a bit of cognitive dissonance on on my part and a, and a lot of people's part. I would imagine they're like on the one hand, I super don't care about awards, but on the other hand, I feel like the awards that Trek should get should be better ones. Yeah, there's a couple of Saturn Award nominations out there at the moment, aren't there? For mm. Lower Decks and Strange New Worlds and Disco, I believe. Yeah, uh, but there's I don't five, know when they actually five Emmy nominations up. and six Saturn noms. Yeah. Nom, nom, nom. Nom, nom, nom. 
Next bit of news. Um, so it's, you know, if, if anyone's out there watching this, um, you may, you may know that me and Micah are not fans of a streaming service that we do not have. Yes. Um, uh, I, had the trial. Plus. I had the trial. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and what was the verdict of that trial? Well, especially in the UK, it was absolutely abysmal. It Guilty was the... of being a shit streaming service. Yeah. The, the worst value for money streamer ever. Um, with, with so few movies, with content that starts 11 seasons in, um, and in 1080p, all of it. Every single piece of content in the UK is 1080p max. And you go, I'm pay- why would I pay this much when Disney Plus is the same price and has 10 times as much movies? Because you're not going to open the Paramount Library to me. That's that's the thing. All they have to do is like open up the Paramount Library mm. and just like, as long as the interface is better than Disney Plus is, yeah, like that's all they had to do. It doesn't even need to be better than Disney Plus. I know Disney, like the interface. Disney Plus has the Fox stuff over in the UK, but Paramount mm. has such a massive back collection. It's got Foxes. all the sitcoms. Yeah. It's got all the sitcoms from the 80s and 90s. Got all the crime shows. And you're just like, oh no. Uh, it's got the Twilight maybe, maybe Zone. I'll put them in. You're like, fucking hell. Come I on, want Paramount to binge Plus. the Twilight Zone so yeah. badly. Yeah. But unless, like, I've got no options on Paramount Plus. And also, now, if I wanted to binge the fucking Star Trek movie back catalogue. I also couldn't do that. Yeah. So, th- so this was o- over in the US. So I haven't checked for the UK because I'm not going to get on it again until I need to um, for for new track. Um, let me just let me just let me just read. I just want to read. I don't. Yeah. Like, I just want to throw it out there, and I'm just going to read this and then immediately close the tab because at no mm-hmm. point do I want to be accused of sharing news from giant freaking robot. <laughs> However, yeah, this fucking clickbait article's title is fantastic. It does kind of sum up <laughs> what's happening. Mm. Paramount Plus drops Star Trek content after luring Star Trek fans there to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of what's actually happened. Like, they've, like, everything's come off it. Well, all, all the movies, except for, we should say, um, have been removed except for Generations, which was never on it, apparently. Ne- never on it. Um, and 09, which was never on it. That was on Netflix. And they're managing to keep Into Darkness and Beyond. Into Darkness and Beyond, right. So, so far, like, so the 4K remaster of First Contact came out this year. Hmm. And a couple of months later, was off Paramount Plus. Star Trek The Motion Picture, along with uh, Je- uh, Nemesis, The Voyage Home, blah, 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 will be gone by the end of the month. Yep. And 4K remasters of Star Trek Four, The Voyage Home, and Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country are both coming out this year. Um, n- no on news Paramount on whether... Plus they won't be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently not on Paramount <laughs> fucking Plus they won't be. Um, yeah. yeah, 
It's and um, we should say that this isn't for the fun of it. Um, although it definitely feels like it. This is because they've got a pre-arranged license deal with AMC Plus because of right. course every streaming network has a plus on the end of it. Um, <laughs> for for those movies. And you, you can kind of excuse it, but at the same time you go, was Paramount Plus like an afterthought or was the license negotiations for these, were, were the team negotiating licenses, did they have no idea that you were also making Paramount Plus? Because you also had like CBS Plus beforehand. So were they just Indeed. like wild men going around and being like, want to buy a license, you know? Yeah, yeah. You want I can to, take it off my streamer and give it to you, you know? Don't tell like, anyone. Yeah, well, I mean, like, what? not only not only are there dodgy license dealers hanging around studios, there, but there appear to be, like, just naturally occurring streaming services in the Hollywood area. Yeah. Like, what is, what is all this nonsense? AMC Plus? Yeah. I didn't even think of that. And and to, to gummy up the works even more, Paramount Plus has a deal coming with Walmart, with Walmart. Plus. Yeah. Trying to rival Amazon Prime. So Amazon Prime, obviously, you get the delivery aspect. You get the movies. You get an audio book and music, maybe. Or maybe you need the expanded Amazon Prime for that. So Walmart Plus has tried to rival that by doing, you know, same delivery sort of stuff. We'll have it to you same day, next day. We've got more spaces than Amazon does. We're, we're great on that. Um, they do Spotify. So instead of Spotify Premium buying it separately, you can have it for your Walmart Plus account. No idea why. No idea why you would. It's 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 just. It's too. It's too many. It's the trying trying to do too many things. Yeah, trying to it, do too many things. Um, you know what everyone... it is? It's cable bundling, but for the uh, you know for twenty twenties where they just go like instead of being like okay, let's bundle TV show T TV channels, and maybe you're never going to watch um, I don't know Swedish Crime Network or Al Jazeera TV, but if it's part of an entertainment package, then you'll think you're getting an amazing deal. Because you know you're not you're not you know you're paying per channel so little, even though you yeah, watch ten but, of the but, channels. But it's but but it's not it's that as well as like and get a free shopping delivery. Yeah, and like and it's it's to every company now does everything. Mm. You know, and like Walmart Plus, that's ridiculous. We don't have Walmart here in the UK. Do you know, what do we have? We have ASDA. Are we getting yeah. ASDA Plus? Is Al Asda a hundred years ago? Asda was a fucking dairy farm, and yeah. now and now it's and now it's going it, it to have surprise Star me. Trek. Asda and Tesco have the you know mobile networks, don't they? So yeah. they could try and package like we're Tesco Plus, and it's your mobile phone and Spotify and your TV and your deliveries and, and discounted fresh petrol. And, yeah, discounted wonky vegetables. Yeah, it's so it's, dumb. So it's dumb. Such it, it's we live in the weirdest. It's the stupid. It's a stupid dystopia. Yeah. So announced along with um, Cisco, the return of Cisco comic book series. 
Um, Star Trek are also going to be doing some comic book tie-ins for Star Trek Resurgence and Star Trek Prodigy. Yeah. Um, Are you looking forward to this, Mike? I'm looking forward to... I'm not particularly looking forward to the Prodigy one because I can't remember Prodigy at this point. Uh, I'll go back and watch the first 10 episodes before eventually we get the second 10 episodes for the season. Um, But for Resurgence, which is the game I'm I'm more looking forward to anyway... Mm -hmm. Um, I see Leah Brahms on the cover. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? Yeah, and they they'd said before the game developers that there were going to be a couple more um, cameos uh, or like special guest stars arriving, other than Spock. And if if Leah Brahms is one, then that that's all good. Maybe we find out what happened to her, and hopefully she didn't marry Geordie. Um, mm. All I know is Geordie's copy of the comic. Uh, is going to have every page stuck together <laughs> <laughs> by the end of by the time he's done with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who who are the rest of the people in this cover then? Do you reckon? I'm guessing these two here. These these two uh, mustache man. So yeah, we've got a mustache man, and then we've got some we've got some young we've got some yeah. young Skywalker twin looking motherfuckers mm. down here. I'm guessing those are like the people that you play as in Resurgence. Yeah, I think they're the. Isn't Resurgence supposed to be like a like a choose your own adventure thing? Is the whole comic going to be like talking to the fourth wall? Well, I, I think the the comic's going to try and probably set them up and go like, okay, this is the ship they're on. This is you know, this is the captain. Maybe the mm. captain dies, and now we've got a replacement captain for the start of Resurgence. So, mm. and maybe because they also on this cover, they've got this weird alien race. Maybe they're setting up that this is the weird alien race for resurgence. Yeah. So we've got here, I can't wait for fans to have a truly immersive game experience on the bridge of the USS Resolute. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the comic, though? Uh, I really want to spend more time with the crew of the USS Resolute, so I'm thrilled to take fans on another adventure in this prequel comic. Yeah, so yeah, they're setting shit up. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's coming out Sounds November, good. and then there's the Prodigy novel that's coming at some point, uh, or January 2023. Mm-hmm. So, again, and that Prodigy like... game looks shockingly poor, so I will not, yeah, be it. yeah, that's that's weird to me because I knew there was going to be a tie to the game, and there was going to be a tie to Prodigy, but I didn't know it was going to be a tie to Prodigy game, it's a yeah. tie in to a tie in. It's weird having the tie-in novel being for a game for kids, like a, a game that's clearly aimed at kids. It's simple, like puzzles yeah. and stuff like that. And the comic books are for a game more aimed at older Star Trek fans. It's like, no, you're old. You can't be bothered reading. Look at the pretty pictures. Uh, <laughs> and, oh, kids, have a novel. I mean, I think they're probably like, you know, they're probably thinking of it in terms of like, I mean, let's face it. When when you've got to have like all all the content coming out. Yeah. Let's do all the content. If you look at what Star Wars did, Star Wars did do the new canon. They've they've done it pretty well. They've managed to tie things together pretty well. um, And. They put out a lot of stuff for kids that Star Wars fans of all ages do ingest. Yeah. And like, you know, even if they are making Prodigy for kids, mm. it's 
most kids, it's not going to be completely accessible to most kids. No. But um, it, it, it's, you know, Star it's Trek. old, weary men like you and I. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, and it's Trek, Trek, Trekkie parents yeah. forcing their children to watch it. My partner mm. watched uh, Prodigy with, with their kid. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and Did and, they like it and the kid like it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's a good sign. Um, but I'm not necessarily sure the kid would have just come, no. happened upon it, you know? I don't know how they uh, would. Yeah. <laughs> this October, uh, Kate Mulgrew will be making an appearance at the uh, the bust of Janeway that features in Bloomington, um, in, in Janeway's hometown. Mm. of uh, is it Where is it? Bloomington? I think Bloomington's Alabama, isn't it? Is it Alabama? Is it? Is it I, I don't want to say it's Alabama and it turned out to be Arizona. Bloomington, Indiana. Indiana. Because both. Both so, fool me. So, so, Cable Groove's going to be doing a, a little appearance at the mm-hmm. little, at the little bust. Um, and uh, there was an announcement, and someone commented on Twitter saying, "You know, do you want?" Temporal anomalies, because this is how you get temporal anomalies. Mm. And uh, and uh, and Kate Mulgrew replied with, uh, uh, "Was it? I solemnly promise to not cause any temporal anomalies when I visit my statue in Bloomington this October." Mm. Uh, Janeway's on alert, ready to handle any causality loops before they occur. Yeah, I like that. Just a bit of fun. Um, it's a, it definitely sounds like something Janeway would say, um, yeah. like we were saying earlier. Um, she would say, I promise not to cause any temporal anomalies, and then just immediately walk off and just be like, Okay, Tom, Harry, time to cause some temporal anomalies. Yeah, thinking about temporal anomalies makes my head hurt, so let's just do them. Yeah, <laughs> is the Janeway yeah. method. Yeah, moving on. I, yeah. That was a quick one. Yeah, I just I liked that. It made me chuckle. Yeah. Um uh and it's a nice light bit of news before we get to something really serious, which is um Star Trek Day 2022. Uh yeah. the um announcements were made on some of the uh, stuff that's gonna be happening for Star Trek Day, uh, which is gonna be a live online event like they've been doing the past few years, which have always been very enjoyable. Um, As a reminder to people, this is September 8th. Mm-hmm. September so. 8th. Uh, there's going to be uh, like a three-hour main event between um, uh, kicking off at lunchtime, local time. So it's going to be like six o'clock in the evening for me and you. Um, but yeah, it sounds like a nice daytime event. Sounds like nice. Probably mm. going to be some PIMS. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, there's going to be a Star Trek uh, Picard panel with Jerry Ryan and Michelle Hurd. Lower Decks with Tony Newsom, Noel Wells, and Don Lewis. Uh, Prodigy with series voice casts, uh, including Brett Gray and Kate Mulgrew. Um, and a Star Trek Strange New Worlds panel with Rebecca Romaine, Jess Bush, Christina Chong, Celia Rose Gooding, Melissa Navia, and Babs. Olusan Olusan Makun. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it's exactly that. I'm going to check Talk it about out. About one between a couple of roses and Babs. Yeah, I'll I'll check it out. Yeah, uh, I remember the last two years um, on Mate It So we 
I've done live, not tweeting, but live posting to the last two. Um, but as well as all that stuff, um, there's going to be a Nichelle Nichols tribute, uh, behind the scenes set tour of Star Trek Discovery. Like, I've not been funnier out, like, we haven't seen, like, there isn't a set mm. that it, we it, haven't seen more of. We have seen lots of that set. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be with Wilson Cruz, which is great, I guess. The Mac um, himself. Yes. Um, Famous uh, bicep man. Yes. He's, he's, he, that man is a statue. Um, I've shook his hand and nearly got, you know, shook away. So, uh, Wilson Cruz. Um, there's going to be a Star Trek cosplay runway, which sounds very cool. Um, put your best face, put on your best face where a lucky fan will be transformed into a Star Trek alien. There's also going to be a special musical guest, Reggie Watts. Sweet. I love Reggie Watts. Yeah. Um, and stand-up comedy from Brian Posehn. But yeah, that's fun. Looking forward to that. Um, but something that I that I am way more looking forward to, and it's happening actually sooner on August twenty fifth to the twenty eighth, is uh, Creation Entertainment presents the fifty six year mission Las Vegas. So it's 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 a big old Star Trek convention in Las Vegas with a hundred and thirty three guests. Yeah. Um, so that's actors and various writers and even a couple of scientists, I assume. To, there's going to be some seminar talking about how warp speed works. Yeah. Like, that's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. That's like as big as Comic Con. Mm. Vegas and, and Trek, you know, it always goes hand in hand. It really does. It really mm. does. Like, you know, we were saying beforehand. You know, they've been doing Star Trek conventions in Vegas for a million years. And, you know, after their careers died, a few, you know, actors from Star Trek found uh, found work in Vegas. Um, mm. But, yeah, this is insane. Just everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you you what? So we've uh, got we've so, got here. So we've got headliners. So headliners. what have we got for headliners? They divide people into headliners and um, special guests for the, the the top two tiers, and then there are additional and production people. And you know, in special guests, there's people that you'd expect. There's Shatner, there's um, Takei, there's Koenig, Mulgrew, Quinto, Jerry Ryan, uh, Sonequa Martin Green, Doug Jones. Um, John Noble, uh, Anson Mounts, Rebecca Ryan. Wait, John. John. Well, John Noble's the evil oh, voice right, for yeah, okay. Prodigy, isn't he? Okay. And Ethan like, Wait, so John Noble's in Star Trek? What? Yeah. Oh yeah, of course he is. So they're all headliners, and you go like, "Yep, makes complete sense." <laughs> then you've got Ron Perlman. He was in one movie that he hated. He absolutely hated it and said he might stop acting. So he was uh, as one of the Remans in Star Trek Nemesis. He's a headliner, apparently. He just just watched Tom Hardy get off his tits on crack the whole time and was just like, I'm not sure if I want to do this anymore. I I wonder if his audition was better as well when he didn't have the makeup on. (laughs) Because Tom Hardy's audition was better, you know, just in a random set. 
It's very good. Um, it was, yeah, it's, it's, compared yeah. to in the movie, yeah. yeah. Um, and they've also got Tignataro, and I, I have, I have minor beef with Tignataro because she, she's obviously, from what we are led to believe, she is the chief engineer on the USS Discovery, but she also has in her contract that she doesn't want to appear in too many episodes. She's happy to be a headliner at events, um, but doesn't want to be. A a you know a mainstay character that they relate to, even though one of the main sets that they've got is engineering. As a reminder, let let's look at people who are just special guests, so not headliners. So one of them, Anthony Rapp, the guy who is in every single scene in the same set that (laughs) Tignataro is in. Okay, and to none again. Yeah, I think. Did we mention? Did we mention? Oh, I don't. I know well, we mentioned, it, but just just as a reminder, just, just as a reminder. <laughs> Andrew Robertson, Garrick, there as well. Yeah. Um, Quark, Armin Shimmerman, there. Jake Sisko, there. Connor Trainer, there. Dominic Keating, the you know weird British guy, is there. Denise Crosby oh, also is there. Starring George, also starring Gates Fadden. Also starring yeah. George Takei. Also starring Garrett Wack. They, they've really fucking buried the lead on this fucking lineup. Yeah, Jeffrey Coombs, who oh has played God! more characters than Tignataro has been in episodes, is... Billingsley! <laughs> Delancey! Yeah. Frakes, Frakes, I don't think, was... Yeah. Freaks has directed, or feels like Freaks has had more directing of episodes and movies than Tignataro has been in episodes. Um, Robert Picardo, Robert Beltran. <laughs> you know, you go down this list, Tim Ross. She liked my tweet once. Uh, Wilson Cruz and his biceps have to fit into an additional um, guest rather than a headliner. Wilson Cruz's biceps could be headliners. You know, <laughs> you've, got, you've got Tignataro, who I know has a career outside of track. And you, you're just like, oh, no, she's a headliner. And so, like, like, that's the, like Ron for Perlman what? as well. Like, Ron Perlman. Is Ron Perlman the most prolific actor in he's this not lineup? The most, he's not, like, in the top 10 prolific actors in Star Trek Nemesis. <laughs> I mean, like... he, there was a time, you know, in the in the in the noughties, mm. you know, where he was one of the all time great that guys. You know, yeah. he was in a lot of shit. Hellboy, Alien Free, or Alien Resurrection. Sorry, um, mm. you know, I, I I think Ron Perlman's like fantastic. I think Tignataro is pretty good as well. But they are not headliners of a track no, event, is what no. I'm saying. And you you bring these people out, go like, oh no, headline act. Tignataro. Well, um, who cares? Well, I mean, you know, they could have had. Um, I mean, they, they, they could. <laughs> Are you scrolling more... to find worse people? Well, no, I'm, I've just found this list of uh, some of the uh, some of the guest updates. Uh, so, oh, yeah. I mean, this is why this is probably why the headlining list is the way it is because they probably also had Ronnie Rowe headlining. He's the he's the communications officer on Discovery. Mary Wiseman. Wait, which one? The 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 one to the to stage right. He's communications. He's the 
Yeah, He's the black were... one, not the Asian one. No, but there were two, weren't there? There was there was a second. He's the first one. black one. Okay, okay. He's the first black one. Yeah. Um, Mary Wiseman, the ginger one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she was also be probably going to be heroin series soon enough with Star yeah. Trek Academy. Also, David Benjamin Tomlinson might have been headlining. I, I I don't know. I think he played one of those weird moth people from Discovery that episode. Okay. Yeah. Shazad Latif also cannot attend the convention. Paul oh, Wesley. We can't hear you, um, Clem Fandango. No. Um, West, uh, William Shatner will now be appearing on Sunday, not Saturday. Oh, no. Um, Maggie Threat and Steve Hershen. <laughs> Beth Toussaint. Toussaint Toussaint. Toussaint. Will also not be there. I don't know who that is. Um, Sarah Mitch. Um, all these people were probably going to be headlined. Yeah, Robert Duncan McNeil. McNeil. I... What? What is he? Why not? Why not? Yeah. Why can't Robert McDuncan McNeil attend the convention? That's what I wanted. That's the only one I'm... Why not? I, I, what are I you do doing? wonder if he's got COVID or something like that, because I know he's a journeyman director. Like, sometimes he drops in to direct stuff. Yeah. But he'll make he more money at a Star Trek event than he would direct in. Yeah, I know he's a producer on Resident Alien. Is that still going? Yes. Okay. Mm. Um, Good work, Alan Tudyk. Mm-hmm. Named after um, the Klingons. <laughs> yeah. That's the Star Trek news that I... Um... That, that popped up on my radar this week. Yeah. I think that's um, all the news um, I had as well. Cool. Fantastic. Um, so we before might. we get into the to the meat, um, mm-hmm. speaking of meat and two dicks, um, I want to just share my theory on... Thank God if you said Klingons have, uh, <laughs> if Klingons have... So if Klingon males... Mm. If Klingon biological males have two dicks... And we know that Klingons have redundancy organs for everything. It stands to reason that, like, for the most part, the second dick is like a backup. Mm -hmm. For in case something happens to the to the main dick, it's probably probably gets bitten off by like the Klingon pussy during mating, and then the second dick comes out, and then then the backup dick, and then then a new backup dick gets grown. Kind of. And yeah, keep that in mind, because then, because that got me thinking about the Klingon biological females' vagina, mm. and how does their redundancy organ work? And um, not that like I have any evolutionary or like like knowledge of Klingon biology to back this up, but mm. here's how I reckon the Klingon vagina should work. Um, instead of it being like a, a pussy. And then a little backup vulva, like underneath. Mm. It's got to be like like a shark's teeth, you know, where like okay. it, it, like you know a shark has like rows and rows of has teeth going backup, in. Like yeah, yeah. So like that'd be like the Klingon Klingon vagina. So okay. they'd be like, so they'd be like, so they'd be like, <laughs> so they'd be. I don't know how to do. It. So they'd be like that, and then there'd be a. In there, so like if they blow out their pussy, 
if they're like if their Pounding. pussy can yeah if if like you know a severe Arnold Schwarzenegger esque <laughs> goes down and they have to you know like mm. like that actress had to go to the hospital after Arnold Schwarzenegger like nearly had sex with her till her fuck till she split in two yeah like with a Klingon instead they would just pop it like, off yeah they'd um... pop pop that off yeah just whap off that you know blowed out pussy um and let the redundancy pussy within take over like a shark's teeth like when they lose their teeth and and the one behind it just keep just comes forward sometimes i wonder with these you know do i have to mark them uh, when we put them on youtube as not for kids and uh then sometimes we have conversations like this one <laughs> look i mean i would i would <laughs> let my kid listen to this yeah so I think it's fine. Let, let's make it educational. Entertainment. Don't, kangaroo, don't kangaroos have multiple vaginas? Oh, is that to save space or for structural integrity? I don't fucking know. I'm not an evolutionary biologist. <laughs> Entertainment. Edutainment. Speaking of someone who's had the... Are you ready for a good transition? Speaking for someone know. who's had the... Um, uh, genitals blown out by a Klingon. Let's start talking about uh, our court episodes from DS9 on. First episode, Dax. (laughs) Brilliant. Brilliant. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, that's right, people. Uh, But... (laughs) Part two of the Star Trek courtroom playlist. We're on Dax. Yeah, man. So what happens? What happens in Dax? Okay, so Dax (laughs) is the episode. (laughs) You just can't get over my good transition. Um, Beautiful. And speaking of transitions, Dax. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man, Mm. you're so good at this. I'm I'm weaving a tapestry of... um, (laughs) Of of all my in plays, um, so Dax is an episode where people arrive at the station and try and kidnap Dax for the crimes of Curzon Dax, specifically for so try and kid, kidnap Jadzia, obviously because we're in season. Yeah, one. they just they just rock up and try to kidnap her. Yeah, yeah, they they rock up and go like, okay, let's try and you know kidnap this woman and drag her into a shuttle and. Uh, because we've got an extradition order and we're going to take it back to our planet because we think Curzon Dax committed a crime and said who leaked military secrets during a war um, when he was stationed on some dumbass planet. So they get the lawyer from, or the secretary from Liar Liar in to adjudicate whether they can. She's uh, awesome take Jadzir away uh, for the crimes of Curzon Dax. And, you know, can, uh, and it's not a trial, you know, even though we're in court episodes, it's a hearing. So shorter, informal sort of stuff, but it's a bit of, uh, you know, are, are you, are you guilty for the crimes of your previous self when you are a, a, um, a trill? Mm. So, it's that, that sort of episode. 
Yeah, it's 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 one of those it's one of those um it's one of those Star Trek episodes that I like because it's just it's a thought experiment and I would say I yeah. I like I like a thought experiment because mm-hmm. it is you know when you know when we talk about ideas of identity and the self you know we we try to people try to work out what the self is you know yeah. what you know um the philosopher John Locke was like you know he was like the self is um like a process mm. you know your your life process your actions through your life as you remember them from mm. the moment that you're looking back kind of thing so you are just you are you are the product of a string of of the moments that lead up to where you are now mm. um uh that that's one theory on consciousness another th- yeah. theory is is that you know uh, your conscious is the only consciousness that exists and every other thing around you is 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 either not it real as well be a simulation or, or yeah. may as well not be real yeah. all, all of these all of these different ideas about what consciousness is are all bouncing around out there and mm-hmm. um and thought experiments and epi- you know and you know the way I see it, episodes like this, by extension, are, are just there to to challenge those ideas. So, like, yeah. you know, um, you know, you have this idea of, of what the self is. Yeah, but what if yourself could be saved, then uploaded to a different self? Yeah, and then that self becomes th- their self and yourself. Does that person now are they now guilty of your crimes? Yeah, and um, specifically for for this one, it's saying. Okay, Jadzia didn't commit a crime, but Dax the Symbiote did. And when they join, their personalities mesh. You know, you always see Jadzia, especially early seasons, walk hands behind. And that was a conscious decision as part of the actors and everything to be like, oh no, she's walking like a, you know, a gentleman would. Mm. Sounds ridiculous. You know, walking with your hands behind the back is like a gentleman would walk. But it was it was yeah, it's, it's, is it's, in the thing yeah, where it's like yeah. no an older gentleman walks like that. So you you take on pers- parts of the Dax personality as part of you being a combined being. Hmm. And you well, have I think it's memories. it's actually um, it's it's actually like the old that that's that way of walking is is the old lady that Dax used to be. Um, is it supposed to be the old lady? I, yeah, I, it's, it's I, the one I, that, that Kira plays in the, that episode. Is it? Uh, okay. Yeah. That's the like she she got she got it like yeah. that, um, and then other Daxes probably picked that up, which kind of you know it lends to the point mm-hmm. of like you know it's the Dax symbiont throughout all of that, yeah. You know? So like you you end up picking up, you have the memories and parts of the personality of everyone that has had the Dax symbiote before you, as part of the in there. So the first person that gets a symbiote is just like new fresh dude. This is me, hundred percent me. The second person mm-hmm. that gets it is just like it's me and another dude locked in here, or yeah. another person locked in here, and as it dilutes, like down, Hulk, yeah, like Hulk, and as like it Hulk dilutes from down, She Hulk, from She Hulk, the show today, yeah, yeah, um, that was today. as it dilutes down. You just like have an amalgamation of like twenty different personalities, and you're just like, well, I know someone five generations ago killed someone and I have the memories of them killing someone. But I didn't kill someone. Yeah. So um, I mean, it's a weird thing, you know? Yeah. 
Um, did they, is, you know, I don't think any, you know, at some point they, they say like, well, maybe we just take the Dax symbiont. We just mm. take the Dax symbiont. Like if anyone is guilty of this crime, if anyone that is present here is guilty, yeah, it's it's the Dax symbiont. But like, are they? Is the Dax symbiont guilty of the actions of the Trill that they were joined to? I would argue if it was Curzon, so the previous Dax that did the crime, then the Dax symbiont probably is. Well, I, I don't think that, it, like, I, the way I see it is the Dax symbiont is just a repository. It's just like a living hard yeah. drive. Pardon me, I just burped. I will burp no again. Um, but, like, if if you've got, let's say it wasn't a biological being, let's say it was a chip in the mind, and it held Curzon Dax and all the previous memories of all the other Daxes, that Curzon Dax was the person who has committed the crime. And if you could extract him and kill that like chip, if you could delete that chip and throw it in the bin, then that that chip holds the personality because it's Curzon and the previous Daxes. When Curzon had the symbiote, it was him and the previous Daxes who committed the crime. But you can't do that because it kills Jadzia. You know, if you... Mm. Strip a trill out, it, it kills a trill. So, well, I mean, like a joint trill. I mean, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if it was if it was John Locke, John Locke would be like, yes, Jadzia is probably guilty of this crime because every you know Jadzia mm. is guilty of everything that led up to to where she is now. Yeah. Um, what I mean, what I've tried to relate can... it to in in uh, real life is. Uh, conjoined twins, let's say conjoined by the heart. So they've got one heart pumping around and one of them committed a murder that was, you know, a crime of passion. It wasn't premeditated where the other one is just hanging on going like, yeah, I reckon we should, or I'll help. I'll do half the walking there. Um, you know, if one of them is just use their one hand that they have control on to smack someone on the head with a baseball bat, just out of fun, would the courts at the moment in our our existence put the conjoined twins into prison even though one of them was not guilty i don't think they them. would go to prison i i, I don't I, think, I don't they think would they would go to prison i think they would go to a center they yeah. would go to a rehabilitation center well yeah in star trek as well well hopefully. um i don't know actually and i think maybe Maybe for this, if you had to punish Jadzia for this crime, hmm. maybe stick him in a in a in one of those simulations that they stuck called Meanie in. Stick we'll stick up, stick him in a stick him in a seventy year simulation of Earth. But just spin up Curzon, I guess. Spin up Curzon, yeah. Like they do, spin him up like they do in Altered Carbon. Spin him up. And stick him in a seventy-year cr criminal simulate pr prison simulation. Mm. Um, and do you want, do you want to know my two solutions to to this? Go on then, because um, I can't think of fucking any. This is, you know, I think maybe my brain is too locked in into the idea of thought experiments, not necessarily having an answer. Yeah, my my um, first solution is you let Jadzia live her life, but 
next time when it comes to transferring the symbiote, you just let it die. Now you see, because then then it becomes a death penalty, and that I know it's a death penalty, but it's a death penalty for or you, you let you let it swim in the bloody liquid by itself. You can't you sentence it. the symbiote to death for murder. It's not like they did something terrible, like talk about Talos Five. Yeah, yeah, but you, you could like scoop up some of the uh, liquid from uh, the Troll homeworld and just like make a prison out of that and just let it swim in that prison. Mm, maybe. Um, yeah, second solution is we know from later episodes, which obviously weren't written at the time of this, that you can suppress, the Trill can suppress a personality completely because there's a, a Dax that was a killer who gets yeah. suppressed, like that literally was a killer that gets suppressed. Um, and they just suppress that personality and maybe it will cause like terrible things for the, the trill over a set period of time, over like five or six lifetimes. But you could try, you know. But the thing the thing is this like the crime itself isn't it's not even it's not a murder, it's treason. It's treason that led to it's murder. It's treason. No, it, it's treason that led to murder and led to yeah, the deaths yeah. of loads of people. Hmm. But it's treason in a on a planet that neither Jadzia nor Curzon were citizens of. Yeah. Um, it was when he was acting as a diplomat, um, mm. which means he's got certain kind of dodgy fucking bullshit fucking excuses for getting away with certain shit anyway. Like, I don't think I don't think that Dax is, is guilty of this crime. Well, we, we know for sure that they aren't. We know for sure that, that they yeah. aren't um, because, you know, his, the end of the his... episode decides to go like, oh, there was a moral choice in this episode. And then decides yeah. to go like, nah, there wasn't a moral choice at all. Yeah. I love it when the uh, the, the prosecutor's mum comes in and she's like, yeah, yeah no, I fucked, I fucked her. Yeah. You Dex remember couldn't me. Have killed, De- Dex couldn't have, couldn't have done the treason. We were boning. Sorry, yeah. son. <laughs> You made me say that out loud. In front of everyone. Yeah. Oh, man, he was being such a little bitch the whole time anyway. His mum should have just walked in and just slapped him. That actor always plays, like, little bitches. He does. He does always play little bitches. He's, like, typecast as being, like, an arsehole. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Um, I think it's... it's, it's, I, I like this episode. Um... Well, do you like? Did you I, like this I, episode? I like it. I do think the the end where it it becomes like not a moral choice. It becomes like Chadzia defending the honor of the wife. Mm. Um, I say the wife, not that she doesn't have her own personality, but I can't remember her name. That, I, that <laughs> secret Irish actress. Yeah, she's. Um, I, she's I think it, she's secretly Irish. It's, a secret yeah. Irish person. Yeah. I think it loses a bit in that because the moral ambiguity or the choice which DS9 is good for is kind of like killed there. Mm. Whereas like if Curzon did do some shady shit, which by the sounds of Curzon from everything we know of him, he probably did do a lot of shady shit. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we know he was like cheating on some dude um, who, some general you know, he was just like, nah, oh yeah, I'm really interested in like, I'm just staying at your um, wife's place just to um, 
help get this message out. I'm sorry. Um, And then, you know, shacking up with her. You know, it it takes... I prefer having the moral ambiguity in there. But it's... Frey, DS9 season one or season two, whenever it is, it's a good episode in the context of that. I think it's got got some funny moments. As with a lot of things, it's not funny, like, because it's supposed to be. Yeah. Um, You know, at the start of the episode, the, 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 you know, the guys come in to to kidnap Dax, and it's literally like that scene in Ghostbusters where Vigman and Spengler are just like, get her! Yeah. That was never going to work, although it does kind of work, but, like, it only works because of Bashir's completely ineffective attempt at trying to fucking... Oh, I've got in my notes for this episode, and I did watch it a week ago. Um, Julian is such a creep uh, who hits on someone so hard he nearly knocks himself out. (laughs) So when he tries to defend Jadzir from getting kidnapped, he runs up, pushes a guy, and pretty much pushes the guy, but then runs into a wall afterwards. Yeah, he like and knocks he, himself he, out. Yeah, he like he runs into the guy so hard he knocked himself out. Dax! You're like, what the hell are you doing, Julian? You know, you Egypt. Um, I, I do like Cisco in this as well. Cisco I, in this I episode because he's I, like. Uh, you know, bring me all the uh, case law on this. And I don't care if it's case law that says, you know, the answer that we don't want to hear. I just want to see it. Yeah. You know, yeah, he, yeah, he's, yeah. he's good in this and he's a strong character in this. Yeah. I did think it was a weird moment where he has one of those very classic T- TOS moments of, oh, if you were a man. Yeah. If you were a man, I would hit you right now. And it's like, well, that would be wildly inappropriate in the workplace, and you, that would be yeah. grounds for court martial. I mean, imagine if the Dax symbiote was just put into a man, and like some young lad, yeah, <laughs> and he just decided to hit this young lad. To yeah, be like, he just hits this. He's no. like, well, you're a dude, so I'm allowed to punch you. Yeah. <laughs> what he means is, if you were Curzon, yeah, I would. If you were Curzon, justifiably, I would be justified in punching you. <laughs> yeah. Anything else you want to say about this episode before I I mention who I believe is the MVP of this episode? You go for it. Anne Ryan Haney, who plays the Arbiter, the Bajoran um, judge, is fucking... Oh, she's awesome in this episode. Yeah. She just she's like, got the gavel. Stuff. She's got the Klingon gavel again. She's got the sparky ball. Yeah. And, like She just rocks up and she's like, I don't want to be here. You don't mm. want to be here. You don't want to be here. Let's fucking wrap this up. And then when it's, you know, immediately when she realizes it's going to take longer than an afternoon, she's like, well, I guess this is what we're doing then. And then, and she is super, like, it's quite funny. Um, She kind of reminded me a bit of, and I know it's just because it's in my mind. There there were some moments that were somewhat akin to the Alex Jones trial where, Mm. like, the judges, you know, fairly early on realized who is the fuckhead and who is in the right in this yeah. situation. Um, and she says so, something you know, like, "Something like, Abby, you have a fantastic skincare routine, or you're not the person on the docket." Yeah, because <laughs> Jadzi is supposed to be like, or like Dax, the person who's supposed to be tried, is supposed to be 140 at this point. Exactly. And she's like, 
fantastic scared care routine or you're not supposed to be here yeah and it, it's and she just does just like you know it's it's like a, and what she's what she's kind of drawing attention to is this mm-hmm. you know what what qualia this yeah. this idea and it's this like it's it's hard to put put into words mm. but that person is not that person yeah. like it's you know and it's kind of what a lot of philosophical debate kind of boils down to is like mm. it and it comes to like these ideas of of qualia just a certain intrinsic yeah you know essence you know that's that's you know the theory of essence it's it's just this thing is what it is mm. um and it it has this somewhat unknowable quality um but it is it is it is self evident yeah um, Dak, Jadzia Dax not being Curzon Dax is self-evident. Mm. Um, it, yeah. it makes you wonder if like there was genetic memory with a species, whether they'd be like, oh no, if, you, if you're a child of a species and you hold all the memories of your parents, you hold all the memories of their parents, whether you'd be tried for their crimes as well, even though yeah. you're a separate, you're excluding the, you know, symbiote nature of it. Would you still be tried? So is that whole bloodline written off? And it, you know, it's, it's. What if there were a hive mind? If one of them commits a crime, does everyone yeah. have to be punished? Do the Borg, you know, although a, a, Borg hive step mind, out a hive, hive mind yeah. would probably say like, well, when when one when one of us is punished, we are all punished. Mm. And it would be it would be like it would be like a deep. It would be a platitude. Yeah. We know on a Borg ship, if you step out of line, your whole ship can be blown up, apparently. Yeah. Oh, so the answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the answer is definitely yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like both like metaphorically and and <laughs> and, okay. and in track. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um verdict. Verdict. I'll say it's a good episode. Mm-hmm. Guilty. Uh, guilty, guilty of being a good episode. Yep. Yeah, I yep. agree. Guilty on two counts of being a good episode. Bang bang. Where's yeah. your gavel gone? Um, uh, I don't know. A ball. I have this ball. Okay. Oh, sparky ball. Yeah, I have a sparky ball. There we go. I love yeah. the noise. Chef sentence. Me. I sentence the episode Dax to, um. 20 years hard labor down the pot noodle mines of Wales. Terrible. For being such a good episode. Right. Second episode in our our stack today is, I believe, DS9 Tribunal. So in this, O'Brien is um, going on holiday with Keiko and is arrested by the Cardassians who board his little runabouts because apparently people can just take these runabouts off you know even though there are only two or three of them on the station you can take yep. them off for a week yeah, well, um, when chief of operations you know yeah you put yourself at the top of that list can't you yeah and this is another um kangaroo course 1984 lights in your eyes ask oh, yeah. questions you know told to confess without knowing what your crime is oh yeah this is course. some real real fucking dodgy gestapo bullshit going on in this episode yeah 
Yeah, and without spoiling it, this might be my favorite episode that we're going to talk about uh, today, really. Yeah. I, 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 I do like this episode because it's just, especially in a court setting, because it is bringing in, like, what does a different race have for their, or what does a different species have for their court system? Yeah. And the Cardassians, we kind of up, we kind of know by watching DS9 that Garrick, when he's showing, you know, novels with Bashir, it's, oh no, the mystery novels aren't the mystery of who done it. It's how do you bring them down for doing it? Mm. So, they're always, they're, they're, we, we already know who did it. They're always well, guilty. Already, you know, we've already we always decided, know we've already yeah. decided who did it. Yeah. It's not that we know who did it. We've decided who did it. Yeah. Hmm. And this episode, more than a lot we're going to talk about today, it's got a lot more of the court system. So we know there's a public conservator, which is your pretty much lawyer, who in the Cardassian system is just a guy to guide you to your confession. Um, and that's Koval, I think, in this episode. Mm-hmm. Then we've got yeah, he's an o- ass. Yeah. Or he's just like an old guy who's just been doing his job at of getting people to confess to crimes they didn't do potentially for decades. Well, this is this is most irregular. This is most unusual. Most irregular. <laughs> yeah, um, we've got the chief archon, or mm-hmm. I think it is who's Macbar, Mark Bar. Yep. Um, cool. Who's the judge? Mm-hmm. Who's a, a great uh, Cardassian? She's like uh, very subtly woman. sinister. Yeah. She like she definitely like is like she's doing the whole um kill him with kindness thing a lot of the time. Yeah. You know, whenever she's talking to Cisco and she's like, Well, if you have any complaints, you can send them to my special filing cabinet. Yeah. And this it's is the, the trash. Longest, this is the longest trial we've ever had. And it's yeah. been like a day. <laughs> oh, <that was> funny. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah, man. It's a it's a um you know, like you say, with a lot of these episodes, we are kind of we are we're going to be treading some ground that we tread in in the last episode, mm-hmm. um, because they are, you know, the the a lot of these things are kind of repeated memes, uh, much yeah. like Klingon literature, mm-hmm. um, where it is, you know, we're doing like you say, it's a kangaroo court, it's a mock trial where mm-hmm. the outcome has already been decided, yeah. um, and how do we how do we how do we defeat that kind of strict, rigid, heartless, uncaring legal system. Well, in the Cardassian yeah. system, you can't bring evidence after you've been um, brought to trial. So there's pretty much no way of you bringing evidence at all because you have to be convicted, you know, you're pre convicted. And then in your trial, you can't bring evidence which is always fantastic. So the Federation are going like, we know we, we've got proof that his voice print for stealing torpedoes that were given to the Maquis were fake. I'm like, no, that's not admissible evidence. You, know, yeah, you can't, you can't so, bring that in now after after he's already been trapped. That's what it's about. There's some weapons have been sold to the Maquis. Mm. What what's what is good about this episode is that like much like a, we learn what O'Brien is mm. is in for at the same time as O'Brien. Yeah. Um like we we learn pretty much the same time because like they don't they won't tell him what his crime is. Yeah. They pull him in, 
they pull his teeth out they fucking mm. they do all kinds of shit and the and he, the whole time he's like why am i why am i here and they're like it's not important yeah you are you are you know you what is important mm. is is the role that you are about to play you're the all the state yeah it's a, so yeah. it's broadcast they they sh- jump to a couple of the interstitial like um outside bits are people looking at map paintings of buildings and they have the trial on screen and the trial is broadcast to the planet to show like no this is what happens when you defy the state you know and every crime is solved they uh the arbiter whatever his name is Kovor, the conservator um says you know this whole thing is about 100% of crimes are solved and people feel safe. Every mm-hmm. crime is solved. Everyone gets, every criminal gets punished and people live happy lives. Because Man, I tell you what, this guy needs to read up on a little something called the Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> yeah. Because he would love that shit. Yeah. Check out the Salem witch trials, mate. People, oh, those. Those public hangings certainly made everyone feel great. Yeah. The the trouble with this sort of system where there's no prosecutor. So in this system, in the Cardassian system, there's no prosecutor. It's the state that is prosecuting you. Yeah. Uh, eventually, you're going to run into, if you're a, just a general citizen that hasn't committed a crime, you'll have people picked up in your life that you're pretty sure didn't commit the crime that they were done for Mm. and then go, Oh, I didn't know Ethan was a a murderer, you know, because I was having a pint with him that night. But then actually he was was evading paying taxes, but we couldn't, we couldn't prove that. However, we did just go into his flat and just spray blood everywhere. Yeah. But, but then it, instead of, reinforcing your view of the state being able to catch 100% of criminals, you either have to be so indoctrinated that you think, oh no, I know I was with Ethan grabbing a pint in the evening, but maybe he did commit that murder somehow. Like maybe he had like a crossbow on a timer. Yeah, because the state wouldn't lie to me. Well, maybe the state is wrong in this and it, it ruins that whole thing that the state is going for where it is no we catch 100 percent of criminals everything's fine well that, that's where I'm, so like you have like this 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 state that hmm. is just picking up criminals anyone that they deem to be a criminal for whatever purpose hmm. at that point it doesn't matter what it is they did because what matters is this statement that needs to be made that signals to the rest of the people that they live in a crime-free society because yeah. And, and and it's just and it becomes just propaganda mm. you know and and you know i think that's what the i think that's i guess what the episode is kind of you know drawing us drawing our yeah. attention to that you know propaganda takes many forms mm. you know i mean we recently you know we've just been enjoying watching a trial you know i i watched the fucking johnny depp and amber heard trial that was a real fucking circus you know yeah. I watched the reenactments of the Michael Jackson trial years ago. That was thoroughly, mm. thoroughly harrowing. Yeah. Um, you know, we, you know, in many ways, we we do kind of people do want to 
they 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 like seeing justice and they also want people generally and this thought comes up a lot in conspiracy theory thought hmm. um people generally on mass they want to know or they want to feel as though that there are grown-ups hmm. in charge who know what they're doing <laughs> you know like that's <laughs> like they want to yeah. believe that you know, mm. and so a system like what Cardassia has, it provides both those things. Mm. It lets the it shows the people justice, um, you know, being being enacted, and mm. it shows the system protecting them. Yeah, uh, a system that knows what it's doing, mm. um, much like the Soviets. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. in in the case we've got here, um. The, the Federation Cisco walks in with a Cardassian who's undergone surgery. So this is another one that I always forget in the whole um, people who've undergone surgery to look like a completely different species in Star Trek. Mm -hmm. What was apparently O'Brien's old mate on the Rutledge. Yeah. And in front of the court, the court can't say, oh, no, we we can't admit this and like we can't add this evidence in, but the Federation definitely have evidence that we're lying, that we've you know made this conspiracy to kind of like ruin the uh, the ability for the Federation and probably mistrial, mistrial, <laughs> yeah, and <laughs> probably like everyone everyone put everything down. It's mistrial. <laughs> well, it would tear down the demilitarized zone. That whole yeah. like any sort of ex-federation colonies in that sort of space would just be gone yeah and you go okay well we can't say that so again they they work for the state and say you know o'brien you're guilty but we'll commune your death sentence um because everything's a death it. sentence here this one's on us this one's on us we think in the spirit of like being good to the federation um that you're that you're allowed to go free yeah, we'll kill your defense lawyer instead. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is like... Enjoy the what? rest of your holiday. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, episode, you, I think. Yeah, what did you think of Odo in this episode? Odo's Odo's great. Odo's great. Odo wants to work as the nester, I think it is, which is, again, it's another defense council uh, aide. Mm. Um, and it... Again, someone who's just supposed to shepherd the person to their end of life, uh, or admitting their crimes and their end of life. Yeah, and it's it is it is all like the these and both Odo and that guy are mm. like on paper supposed to be his defense. Yeah, but they are both supposed to, supposed to just guide him yeah. to to the execution chair. And I like um, Odo where he just like speaks up at the start to get that position where he's just, you know, I'll be his nester. In, and he's just like, I'll, I'll be this dude's nester. And they go like, no, 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 you can't. You need to be sworn. And he goes like, oh, no, here are my credentials. And everything where he's just like, no, I'll bring in new evidence now. And the judge is like, no. Macbar's like, no, you won't. And it's like, this is outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> It's like the like, most animated you see Odo in, in yeah. season one. It's because he's frustrated yeah. because people because people aren't listening to him. Then he's not used to people not doing what he says. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, and like it, it's funny when he's doing that, and so is the other dude. He's mm. flipping out because he's never 
He's just not prepared. He's yeah. like his whole his whole role is a performance. Hmm. Um, but he needs to work on his improv. Yeah. Speaking That's of performance, um, they allow the family of the soon to be deceased to be there to just be like, no, this is what happens to your family if you commit a crime in the Cardassian, you know, empire. You know, your family witness you dying and they like lose all all sort of credibility that they have. They are yeah, just unless, unless they publicly disavow you. Yeah. So it, fucked up. Like it's such an interesting like view of a different sort of court. It's, yeah, it's yeah. it it kind of feels like a um kind of like some kind of like Philip K. Dick future. Yeah. You know? I say that it's it's nineteen eighty four. Like parts of it yeah. are, are clearly nineteen eighty four and some of it is cribbed off the um Picard Cardassian episode. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it definitely a spiritual sequel to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um But yeah, how how do you uh find this episode? I I, I definitely find this episode um guilty of being a good episode. Guilty on uh, one count of being a good episode. Make um, it two counts. Um, yeah, two counts for you. Two counts, yeah. Right, should we move on to next episode? Uh, yes, please. Which I believe is our last DS9, I think, which is Rules of Engagement. Yes. Which might be your favourite episode of these. I that think, we're gonna I talk think about. so, yeah, I think yeah. so. So yeah. this is an episode where... Um, Worf was in a, a battle situation as, as captain of the Defiant, fighting some Klingons because the Klingons are against them at this point, um, because of Changeling Garon, mm-hmm. um, or Changeling Martok, sorry. Um, and a Klingon civilian ship decloaks in front of him and he fired on it uh, as it was decloaking to get that tactical advantage, not knowing it was a civilian ship. Yeah. So the he Klingons thought it was are, this other bird of prey that was just popping yeah. up and firing at them. So the Klingons are dragging him through the mud and taking him through court to extradite him on crimes of blowing up a Klingon ship during war and committing, you know, a war crime. Don't mm-hmm. don't shoot civilian ships. Good, yeah. good plan. Um, very good episode. Very good episode. It, it's got yeah. this Klingon lawyer. Advocate Chapok, I think his name is. He's great. Um, He's great. Who's who is the you know we we mentioned it last episode, but has the sort of Klingon thing where it is there's honor in winning a legal battle for him. Yeah, yeah. That that whole aspect of like Klingon culture, like everything is seen through a lens of combat. So, like, a doctor defeats a virus. A yeah. lawyer sees you on in on the court battlefield. Yeah. A uh, a I don't know. A teacher um, trains your children to be yeah. superior mathematic warriors. And he um, he says to Cisco at some point, and it might just be you know part of a ruse. But you know, if you if we get uh, Worf extradited to um to uh Kronos. I'll defend him because you know 
I want to defend him. <laughs> yeah. It's part of my jam, you know, I'll fight it. Yeah. I'll fight a fight. Yeah. <laughs> in the I think, I, like the like that's the thing like when 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 you watch the episode like when he says that I'm like I kind of feel like <clears throat> if Worf just like lets him win this I think yeah. he might win the, he would probably they would go back to Kronos and he would probably win the case yeah I think it'd be fine they'd probably they'd get to Kronos and they'd be like we're in the middle of battle this is what was happening yeah, this shit popped up out of nowhere, so I fired on him, and everyone mm. would just go, "Well, I would have done the same." Yeah, yeah, not guilty. Yeah, you know, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to do that. That's not the Federation way. No, um, and it probably would have been a kangaroo court on Kronos as well. Um, yeah, you know, same again. We get so many kangaroo courts, don't we? Um, but th- this is the episode that I-, I was thinking of, where it is, it's it's all a ruse really to give the Klingons carte blanche to do kind of like whatever they want to do as part of the war. Where they're like, mm-hmm. no, this could help us like solve the war. Um, whatever the advocate is saying, um, you know, Federation will have to lose ground because they'll have to say, no, we did wrong. And the Klingons were right, so we'll just like come here and go do this, and you know we'll 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 ride on the coattails of of you saying you've done wrong or the Federation have blown up a civilian ship. We'll do that as long as we want, you know. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's a, it's a classic move of the righteous. Yeah, is to defame and de, de- like demoralize and to to fucking make shit up and blame the embassy. We'll see the well. I mean, like. We might be bad, but they're doing bad as well. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't fucking that's not a red flag at all. Mm. Um and, I love and... this this episode has a like a wonderful narrative device that I really want yeah. to talk about. I was um, say, it's, it's a great directorial choice where like um when when a witness is on the stand talking about an event happening, they will cut to a flashback of the event. But have the, the 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 witness in the event addressing the court yeah. within the scene. So you know they turn to the Jetsy's, camera, they do whatever, yeah. and then just go like, "No, of course, you know, I I, I said to him to do this." Yeah, Jadzia yeah. Jadzia is talking about uh, her and Wolf training, and it cuts to her and Wolf training, and and she's looking at the camera talking about them training, and hmm. um, when they talk about you know the shit going down on the Defiant. It's O'Brien at the con of the Defiant, looking at the camera, talking about it. It's a great, yeah. It's a great choice. Um, and in one of those scenes, it has a there is a very perplexing moment, and it's the one with Quark. It's the flashback with Quark, yeah. right? In yeah. Quark's right. I love that moment where he's like, you can't remember which Dabo girl it is. So yeah. The scene keeps changing, hmm. but then it it features. Then Quark openly admits in court without really being prompted hmm. some really incriminating shit on Worf. He says that Worf is like, I hope the fucking Klingons start some shit because I will fuck them up. It's like, no one asked you to say that. You pick now hmm. to start telling the truth for the first time in your life. You have decided to fucking incriminate Worf freely. Do, do you know what my rationalization for it is? That the Quark... Fancies Jadzia, and uh, Jadzia's bony yeah. wolf. 
multiple penises uh, maybe, and all. Maybe, maybe. But um, yeah, it, it's it's a it's a whole point on like how much bloodlust did did Worf have, where he was just like hoping to kill any sort of other Klingons or his enemy who he'd view mm-hmm. as any other Klingons. Do you think this episode, like I said with Dax, the episode Dax, where it loses a bit of impact because Curzon didn't actually do the thing he was, um, didn't actually give out the general's coordinates when the whole episode could have run pretty much the same anyway. If the Klingons, instead of having this fake transport ship full of fake dead people, if they'd set him up to kill real Klingons, so had this pattern of cloaking and decloaking and firing, you know, say they'd done it in front of him and then they'd cloak, go behind him and decloak and fire. And all Worf had said would be like, ready, uh, rear torpedoes, fire them when they decloak. Oh, as you see something decloaking. But the Klingons had organized like a suicide vessel full of civilians to do it. So, if, I so think if, that has more impact on the episode. So, if if the if if the if they had have killed, if mm. if there had have been people in there, it would have had more impact. But mm. I still think the verdict should have been the same. Yes, because there's yeah, still yeah. conspiracy on behalf of the Empire. Um, so yeah, I think it would have it would have been a, a deeper narrative choice for sure. Um, but at the same time, that would probably mark wharf long term in a way that that just that like you just can't do and also return to status quo um yeah you know if they had done that then you know people on online forums to this day would be like how does wharf not have fucking some form of ptsd from killing yeah. all those innocent civilians well the um, episode opens with him having ptsd of having nightmares doesn't yeah. it really <laughs> of killing uh killing kids um but if it, I think it'd be a different story if it had have actually just been a civilian ship that was just coming mm. out of nowhere. I think that's a yeah. different story. If, if it was a civilian ship coming out of nowhere, which they pretend to be, um, then yeah, I, I think in either of our redos where it's a civilian ship coming out of nowhere, or if it's a fake ship of people willing to sacrifice themselves, it lends more into qualified immunity, you know, mm-hmm. where police officers, if they accidentally gun down a civilian, this is the US rather than the UK. Um, although I think there's some sort of qualified immunity in the UK as well. I, I don't know. Not a police officer. Um, if you do it in the, the role of your job and you were found to be like, probably working to be like, Oh no, I thought they were coming at me with a gun, so I shot them. I shot a kid. He was 13 years old. Oh, it was dark, I couldn't see him, he had a ray gun look real enough. You know, and they've got qualified immunity to kind of get off with that. I think that's, you know, a more interesting episode to focus around and still say, Wolf. I'm sorry, but you know what the fuck were you doing? Yeah. Which Cisco does do at the end of the yeah, episode. Yeah, that's a great like, moment at the at the end of the episode. That's yeah. a great. It's a great you made line. two mistakes. Yeah. You know what was the other one? <laughs> great line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, damn right you did. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cisco does this thing as well where like as Worf's about to tell him the mistake, he's like standing in the door frame of the Defiance or somewhere. And then he like takes a step in so the door can close and he's like, You damn right, you made a mistake. Yeah, he like he steps in, the door closes, and his yeah. lip starts quivering, and he starts doing that Avery Brooks thing of like shaking while he shouts, because he's he looks like he's like like I'm letting this out, but there yeah. is more inside. I'm glad you realized that. That was your first mistake. What was your second? When the ship decloaked, I should have checked the target before I fired. You're damned right you should have checked. You knew there were civilian ships in the area. You fired at something you hadn't identified. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, great moment. Um, but I, I think it, it would have related more to, like, our real world if it was a qualified immunity episode rather than a wharf was set up episode. Well, I think, you know, um, there there are certain aspects of society that weren't as, well, I'm not going to say weren't as prevalent, but they weren't as, you know, sort of noted by the mainstream as they are now, you know, yeah. police violence. You we know, didn't in all the have 90s these... in America, we didn't all have one of, we didn't all yeah. have phones to video fucked up mm. shit going on, you know, um, discussions of police brutality yeah. um, and 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 stuff of the like just wasn't as prevalent at the time. But I yeah. think if they made that episode now, then that would probably be definitely a you know a more important factor. There are some like interesting moments with, especially with that Quark testimonial, where mm. he's like, you know, you know what you Klingons are like, but you're all, you're also you know you people. You're also yeah. very nice and very polite when you want yeah. to be. And the other is just like, can we move on? Like, yeah. it's just like a, yeah, it kind of tastes funny. Mm. That moment ugh, has a heavy, heavy whiff of racism. Yeah. Um, about the, the Klingon lawyer. One of the arguments that he brings up about the, the heart of bloodlust. Hmm. Um, he also introduces another factor that I thought was very funny, especially because the show was made in the nineties. Hmm. Um, he talks about the um, the the simulation that Jadzia and Worf are in, the battle of of yeah. fucking whatever, where he plays General Sam Peck, hmm. and he's you know the the lawyer basically implies that that after playing this um, this simulation that he had violence in his heart um which just kind of feels like an argument for video games making people violent well yeah it, it he he uses the at the end of the simulation you're playing this warrior who then commits genocide and at the end of the simulation did you say um oh kill all the women and children which is the end of the simulation did you say that and they go like well yeah um, i i killed virtual kids or like i i sent out the order to kill virtual kids mm -hmm. you know yeah, who, who hasn't of our generation played a corp juicy you know there was yeah. that one where the bring in the, the tactical uh, nuke bring in the yeah. tactical nuke tactical nuke everyone would hope to get a tactical best oh mate you gotta play grand theft auto 3 mate it's fucking yeah. sick 
you can what you can do is you can go pick up a fucking sex worker and you can fucking shag her and you can kill her and take yeah. all the money. It's fucking sweet. Or that Call of Duty Modern Warfare mission where it's like um just Russian or no English, where they <laughs> they go into the airport yeah, and man. they only or no, they don't speak any Russian and just gun down everyone. Yeah. So it's like a false flag. And you're it's like, a, yeah. okay, you know, f- fantastic, I yeah, suppose. You know? Yeah, you spend a whole level of that game just killing innocent civilians. Yeah. And you decide to as well. You get the choice. You're just like, by the way, this is what's going to happen in yeah. the next level. You can skip this level if you want. Did anyone? Did they fuck? And and there's there are limits on that. Like, there have been games pulled from Steam and stuff like that that are shoot up a school yeah well, and that's it's like, fucked up yeah <laughs> like, that's fucked i mean up. well so is shooting civilians and like thankfully in grand grand theft auto and card there aren't kids and stuff like that even mm-hmm. though those situations would lend themselves to having children in them in airport and you know i don't know you know what I, airports I are like they're a pain in the ass yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but we have you know a not 100% arbitrary line where it is, you know, if you're playing as a school shooter, you're like a bastard. If you're yeah. playing as a terrorist, you know, who's ju- just shooting adults, you're not 100% a bastard. You're just like playing a game. And we, we've got that s- not 100% arbitrary line. Yeah. Whereas in the future, apparently they don't have that arbitrary line so wolf is just like no kill those kids you know kill the fucking kids eat them like straight up like you just it's yeah yeah, you just do it yeah man Mm. you are straight up decapitating people in a room yeah Yeah. but video games don't cause violence they don't they've been proven time and time again to not to again let's not have school shooter simulations though I, yeah, I do like. I do of, like the. It's just, it's just in bad taste. It, it's in very poor taste. I, yeah. I do like the the end of the episode. We spoke about Cisco coming in again. I, I find it weird. The the Starfleet choice is not to fire when you see a decloaking vessel, and it's in a different time than TOS or whatever. But the only reason they defeated Christopher Plummer. Is they fired on a um, a cloaked vessel, and you go like, well, in a war situation, that ship, that civilian ship, shouldn't be like walking towards the people firing. It shouldn't be like, do 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 do. Can we offer assistance here? We'll decloak in front of you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Yep. So although Cisco says it's the Federation should never shoot until they've got like 100%. Who do you think you are? James T. Kirk? Yeah. In the undiscovered country and balance of terror? Yeah. I'm sorry, but like, in my opinion, Cisco's wrong and Wolf was 100% right to shoot. Yeah. If you notice this ship, you know, fire, cloak, maneuver, fire. And Wolf says, no, I've recognized what their tactics. I know where they're going to be, cloak. Let's fire on that spot. The yeah, second I think week. he was. Yeah, I think he was. He was justified in his logic. He's hundred percent justified. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. even though you know it's uh, 
war crimes and qualified immunity and all that. He's a hundred percent. But it's but it's not it's not war crimes. It's not war crimes. It's a false flag. It's a synthetic. It's a synthetic event. Yeah. Okay. The the defiant incident is a false flag operation. Yeah. Not Cisco. I, I would. Info, that's Cisco on Infowars. I would splice in Infowars here, but I don't want to add any credence to a false flag actually you would have being to a false find flag. Infowars has been scrubbed from YouTube. You would have to actively go out and find it. Like you have to I, search for it. Even if I didn't, I don't want to attach a video of Alex Jones saying something as a false flag to a false flag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to that. give him the credence of having no. one thing right. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, speaking of Alex Jones getting one thing right, yeah. since last week's episode, people have pointed out to me that mm. he was right about the frogs going about the them putting chemicals in the water to turn the fucking frogs gay. Yeah. Right. He no. <laughs> Alex Jones was not right about that. That was a true thing. Mm. Yes. But he did not predict that. That was not a scoop. He was just reiterating something that had already been reported in the mainstream news. Yeah. But regardless of whether or not chemicals from processing plants were having an unexpected effect of turning a certain species of frogs hermaphrodites, that's not what people are making fun of. No. People are making fun of him turning into a giant fucking raspberry and freaking out of something not that not that important and definitely doesn't doesn't have a a wider meaning about society being feminized. And and you know what? Like agencies Alex Jones is against environmental agencies who are looking into whether the chemicals you know companies pump into the water like. Uh, you know, if they have an effect on species and and everything like that, so you can't be like, I oh, know that the pumping water and you know the pumping chemicals into the streams to make frogs gay, and also be at the same time like, no free capital capitalism. So like, even when he's even when he stumbles on something that you know he half remembers correctly, he does a Joe Rogan, um, and he he may occasionally stumble on something that he half knows. And then gets the whole wrong impression of it. Yeah. And then smuggling in all these conclusions that I've already made. Yeah. And half his whole rhetoric goes against the the solution of that problem. Well, not for much longer. Nope. Goodbye. Um, The last uh, the last note that I've got about this episode is um there's a funny moment. So there's a bit where um, when they're asking, when they're, when they're questioning O'Brien mm. and they ask him, you know, it, they show him, you know, they show them firing on the, on the civilian ship. Mm. And they ask him when, at what point did you realize that it wasn't a Klingon bird of prey? And O'Brien mm. says, well, when, when it exploded. Yeah. And I'm like, well, yeah, exactly. That's exactly when he'll have known it wasn't a bird of prey when it exploded, because if it was a bird of prey, when it exploded, they would have used that same bird of prey explosion shot that <laughs> yeah. they've used for 30 <laughs> fucking years. He's like, well, straight away, it wasn't 
the thing I always see when a bird of prey explodes. Yeah. So I, I knew that wasn't what it was. It wasn't exactly like the simulations. Yeah, it wasn't exactly <laughs> like every other... Every time I've seen a Klingon bird of prey explode, yeah. it has looked exactly the same. I'm half surprised they didn't show that anyway and just say, yeah, just oh no, the bird like of this? prey was a... Or, yeah. or just say the bird of prey was transporting civilians and you blew it up. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a civilian transport bird of prey. Nope, nope. Yeah. It just it was not a bird of prey. Yeah. Yeah. So how 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 are you rating this episode? Yeah, uh yeah, um on on one count of being a good episode. Uh I'll say on two counts of being a good episode. Right. Um, yeah. Definitely. You are guilty. Guilty. Bang bang. What should we sentence them to? Since it's Klingons, how about mining, delivering mining for Ruth Pentvey for the rest of their lives? Yes, for the rest, of, or until, or until you escape. Yeah, which no one does, other than every time we see someone go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, there, there's the you know Nero. Yeah, in, there's for, those deleted he's scenes. He's in, he's in Rurapenthe too, and he escapes. Yeah, off camera. Hmm. Ridiculous. <laughs> Call yourself a gulag. Yeah. Um, then I think we're on to Voyager. Well, do we not class the the quark? There's the, there's the, there's a quark. Oh yeah, I forgot to I forgot to rewatch it. So um, quark, uh, it's the episode House of Quark, isn't it? Mm. And let's see how much I can do off the cuff, unless you want to do it. So I think I, think I can remember it. So quark, okay, go for it. Quark, quark's giving some shit to his brother in the bar, and. Mm. Um, and some drunk Klingon pops up out of nowhere and he's being that drunk belligerent asshole that like, no matter what you say, they're deciding to take offense to it. Hmm. Um, some shit in a scuffle ensues and Quark somehow manages to accidentally stab a Klingon warrior with his own knife. Um, hmm. And it's played for laughs. It's funny that he stabbed that man. Yeah. Um, oh, and it funny. is funny because Quark um, just killed a Klingon in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Yeah. Um, he is soon visited by the man's brother claiming, did you kill, you know, he goes, you know, after doing it, he's, he's you know, he's using it to get some cred with everyone. He's embellishing the story somewhat. Um, and after embellishing the story somewhat, the guy's brother comes to see him and is like, did you defeat my brother in yeah. open combat? How that thing? And he's like, no, no, no. It was an accident. He was drunk. Mm. And he's like, well, that would bring dishonor to my family. However, if he was defeated in open combat, then he would have died a warrior's death. Yeah. So Quark's like, all right, I'll carry on lying. Sweet. And then the guy's fucking big, sexy Klingon wife comes up out of nowhere. And she's like, Broker. that didn't happen. That's bullshit. You didn't defeat him in open combat. He was clearly drunk. He was always fucking drunk. His brother is lying to you. He doesn't give a fuck how he died. He just wants control of the house. Mm. Basically, if if he died a dishonorable death like he did, then mm. the legal system of, Kling of, of Kronos means that basically his estate defers 
to the next competent adult in the family. Yeah. Which, which in this case is his wife. Whereas uh, if Quark actually killed him, it would go to Quark. It would go to it would go to Quark, or it would go to um, the guy's brother. Hmm. Klingon legal system's fun. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's just it's just a big old farce. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a it's definitely the funniest of all these core episodes because like there isn't a larger statement about the about anyone's legal system that's being yeah. made i wouldn't say there's no racial undertones or overtones mm. i mean i mean there's always some racial overtones regarding the ferengi yeah um, there's there's quark almost defeating the the klingon legal system so if we're being uncharitable unchar- to the writers of the episode the Jewish coded uh, character defeating the um, uh, or trying to defeat the black slash Mongol coded, uh, yeah. you know, uh, species. He he tries to use uh, their finances, yeah, and they try to use just violence because they're, they're yeah. He too, defeats he defeats like their this. barbarism with yeah. um, his. Um, Control of banking, yeah, um, yeah. There is yet yeah, the the least the least generous viewing of of that episode yeah. is probably that, mm. uh, but it does it does give rise to a very funny moment, which is which is Quark um, laying out this this plan for how to divvy up their estate or whatever, mm. um, and it just and Gowron. And it's just Gowron looking at a pad, just trying to pro. Just like he's speaking so fast, and yeah. he's just like, and Gowron is just so past it, and he's just like, "Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up! Yeah. I've had enough of you." Um, and he's just like, "Right, what is the quickest way to wrap up this fucking this thing so that this little man stops talking?" Mm. <laughs> Love it. Um, and the the answer is is trial by combat. I like as well the conclusion for the trial by combat where they give Quark a battler and he just, you know, throws it down and says, you know, and the conclusion is pretty much what honor would there be in defeating me? You're obviously going to yeah. kill me. Yeah. It'd be like a hobbit <laughs> trying to face, um, you know, and a, you know, a Sauron or something like that. Yeah. It'd be like, no. You're obviously going to defeat me. What yeah. honor is this? And the dude is just like, still, ah, I'll kill you. And Gowron's yeah. like, what are, you, what are you talking about? Of what are you talking about? Right. Yeah, Gowron's just been just like fucking pointed out how pathetic this man is. And he's yeah. just like, you would, you would attack this pathetic little creature. Yeah. <laughs> Quark's just like, I'm right here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, thanks, I guess. Yeah. It's just like this, this piece of shit, this yeah. little fuckhead right here. You would think it's like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Great. A, great. Company. A real, a, you know, as you say, funny. Uh, it, it's a, it's a bit, still a bit uh, racially coded for me. You know, it has to be because the two species we talk about. Um, yeah. But, but I'd still like it as an episode. 
yeah absolutely yeah. Um, yeah is there anything else to discuss on that episode so yeah not much to say on that episode except that it's it's funny yeah it's it's, fun. a, it's a clash of two different legal systems that you know w- w- although we're talking about court episodes we haven't really got in our list any um Ferengi ones because the Ferengi system isn't really a although it's a course there's the what is it the FDA FCA 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 the the FCA that's that's Brunt's title I think yeah um what is the Ferengi government called but it it is just 100% finance based yeah so we didn't really go into it with any of these but it's this weird mesh episode where you've got the Ferengi system versus the the Klingon system of of honor and trial by com- combat versus, um, you know, doing a full accounting of their books. So it is a good, you know, there's no human element in it, really. There's no uh, federation yeah. court system. Yeah, I imagine that, like, the um, the Ferengi court system is mostly just, like, everything is out of court settlement. Yeah. Just everything is, like, so you murdered this person. Okay, now we are here... So you've been proven guilty. We are now hearing to determine how much money you owe the family of the people you killed. Yeah. And in this case, it is $45 million that will be reduced to four. So we're on to Voyager. And I think yeah, the man. first episode is, is one you rather like. Yes. It is Distant Origin. I, I, I'm a big fan of Distant Origin. Yeah. Um, not because of anything really like plot related. What I like mm. about Distant Origin is the Distant Origin theory. Yeah. Um, so in if I may. Give it um in, in this in this episode, Distant Origin, um Voyager is discovered by a couple of scientists from uh, a race of people called the Voth. The Voth are, uh, are um, a Saurian species, um, which means they are descended of reptiles. Um, and they discover Voyager, and these these scientists see them, and they're like, "Well, that looks interesting. Let's go. Let's go check that out." Hmm. So they they get their personal cloaking devices on, which makes them go invisible, and they go to Voyager, and they go and observe anthrop you know anthropologist style. They're going on human safari. Hmm. Um, my suggestion, if you want to go on human safari, just go on YouTube. Um, uh, and they are discovered that, you know, Voyager knocks one of them out and, and the other one takes Chakotay, uh, back That's to his lab. That's how you can tell it's an early season because Chakotay That's has it. something to do. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's a good episode for him to have something to do because Chakotay is an anthropologist. So like, you know, he studies people. So it's, it's yeah. a good, it's a good, good get for the Voth. Hmm. Um, and you basically find out that yeah, they could have took Harry Kim. Yeah, then it'd be fucked. It'd be yeah. fucked. Um, and you basically find out that um, that this scientist he's he's a proponent of the distant origin theory. Hmm. Um, the Voth believe that they were the first species in the Delta Quadrant, and under what they call doctrine. Or dogma. Um, they believe that they just happened. 
They just, they just, yeah. they, they were the first species in the Delta Quadrant. They just, they happened one day. And uh, thanks to them, life happens. And that gives um, them a right to their space, you know. To their space, to do what they want, to, to be mm. what they want. But their entire species lives on this giant colony ship. Yeah. And uh, back on Voyager, they figure out why. Um, because the the scientist that they've still got in their sick bay, who goes into like he, he plays possum, he goes into like hibernation mode. It's quite funny. Mm-hmm. Um, they basically find out that he is like a, a fucking distant descendant of a of a dinosaur from Earth. Yeah. So so, so the two Voth scientists kind of knew this as well. Um, so they they did yeah. chromosome research and said like, oh, their chromosomes are like forty yeah. seven are the same as ours. So. Yeah. It's too close to be a coincidence. Yeah, and that's the distant origin theory within the Voth community that the yeah. Voth didn't just appear one day in the in the Delta Quadrant. They come; their colony ship originated somewhere. Hmm. Um, and that's what the trial's about. It's this scientist trying to justify his findings, even though he's being called a heretic. Yeah. Um, and he's like, I have this proof. Here's um, here's this highly evolved monkey. Mm. Um, uh, and what I like about this is because of my 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 interest in conspiracy theories. This is like the opposite end of the reptilian conspiracy theory. Yeah. So the David Icke bullshit, all that ancient alien shit, not the Anunnaki, but the Saurian draconians. The lizard mm. people, the royal family, the Rothsteins, all, yeah. all, all of these, all of those other fucking everyone else that that has had a finger pointed at them by fucking lunatic conspiracy theorist David Icke. Yeah, they all belong to the. They are all Voth. They're all members mm. of the Voth. Um, I just think that it's funny. Yeah. Uh, I do not believe that conspiracy theory. Just, just so we're sure. Royal yeah, family yeah. and yeah, Jewish yeah. people are not lizards. Yeah. Um, but it's also the same origin theory as the Saurians from Doctor Who. So like um, yeah. Madame Vastra. Yeah. Thank God you could remember her name. Yeah, man. <laughs> she is also a distant cousin of Queen Elizabeth II. Ugh. But um, Queen Elizabeth II in that is a werewolf as well. So is she a werewolf? No, that's Queen Victoria. Oh, okay. Oh, and yes, by by yeah, she's also yeah, well, the the, whole you can be both. Line, you it? can be both. Yeah. Yeah. Werewolf Ugh. reptilians. Oh, Doctor Who makes my head hurt. Werewolf reptilians, mate, it's fine. Yeah. But it's it's and it is fine because they are neither werewolves nor reptilians. They're just inbred. Yeah. It's fine, mm. um, but yeah, this it's a it's an aside from that. Yeah, um, it's a, it's an interesting episode purely for for the sake of argument, for mm. the sake of um, it, it. Kind of you know, it, it's got this religious trial, really, doesn't it? Yeah, so it's it's more you know, religious than any any trial we've seen before, yeah. or talked about before yeah. in this. It's a lot like an Inquisition, you know, mm. more like you know, somewhat more like um well yeah like it is an inquisition um is it galileo who was tried and and imprisoned for his beliefs was it Mm. galileo i want to make sure um and like it's it's funny that like this episode you know when you talk about 
conspiracy theories. It's funny that like, and like I thought this when I was watching, I'd recently um, did binged the X-Files. Hmm. That like at the time when like the X-Files and this episode of Voyager was coming out, these conspiracy theories were kind of seen as somewhat harmless. And also like they were viewed as, as kind of like, listen, we need to be challenging. They were, we need to yeah. be challenging the, the accepted story of, of what's going on. It, you know, conspiracy theories used to be held by skeptics. Mm. You know, they used to be a skeptical position to take because it wouldn't, conspiracy theories weren't necessarily about blindly saying like, this is exactly what happened because yeah. I read it there. It was more about questioning the, the accepted story that was being presented about what happened. Yeah. You know, and that's where like, you know, conspiracy theories throughout the 20th century all kind of stem from the Roswell incident, which has, well, there is no evidence of a, of a UFO crash. There is a lot of evidence to lend credence to the idea that the American government is lying about whatever happened at Roswell. Hmm. Um, there's just a lot of like shady shit going on and a lot yeah. of backpedaling of stories. So conspiracy thought used to stem from skepticism. Hmm. And now... And not only that, conspiracies were were bred within three-letter agencies within the US to, you know, hide up. Oh, you know, oh, you just saw a UFO, UFO there are aliens. You know, maybe it's aliens. When they know they'd be flying, um, you know, experimental craft, you know, uh, U2s and go like, oh, you know, maybe it was a UFO. PSYOP, psychological yeah. operation, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's all thing. But now, mm. conspiracy thought is dogma. It is doctrine. Yeah. You know, like if if, you... the, if this, you know, we've mentioned a couple of times, if this episode was made now. Yeah. If this episode was made now, you could maybe flip the positions mm. and it would still it would it would sound just the same and it would be it would be a critique of modern conspiracy thought as much yeah. as it would be a critique because now modern conspiracy thought just fits into dogma now yeah people have worked in conspiracy theories into their religious theology like it's it's all the same hmm. um I, I like in this episode they've got chakotay who's a good character to have as the counterpoint for the var where they're saying, you know, you're trying to decimate our view of being, you know, having a right to this space and our view of being superior and all that. And he's saying, I'm not trying to rob you of that. What I'm trying to give you is, you know, you were the first intelligent species on earth. Use that intelligence. And, and they're saying, you know, you're trying to make us immigrants and refugees of earth. And he's saying like, no, I'm, I'm trying to make you people who are so intelligent, you left Earth and you went looking for a new home and you used that time to gain intelligence and, you know, you built spacecrafts and, you know, you're an intelligent race and I'm trying to not take away the struggles your race went through to get where you are, where you're just saying, you know, we had no struggles, we were just fantastic. You know, we were born as this superior race we are the chosen ones. Yeah, we're the chosen ones. Yeah, yeah. It it does have a um, it, it has a uh, 
it has a ring of um, Neil deGrasse Tyson saying yeah. like, you know, it's isn't it kind of <laughs> he is a bit of a wanker, but he was kind of right when he says like, isn't it yeah. like, isn't it kind of amazing that like every atom in our bodies, yeah was born in a fucking exploding star billions of years ago. That's kind of amazing and spectacular. Mm. You know, it is, it is this, um, you know, I engage in a lot of debate online, you know, about the theology mm. um, and theists of certain stripes do tend to see theories like big bang cosmology and evolution by natural selection they do tend to see these theories as like belittling to them as humans. They think yeah. it it takes away from them being special, but it doesn't necessarily have to. No. You can you like Chakota says, you can feel however you want to feel. However, here is a textbook. Yeah. Here are the facts of the case. Yeah. You feel so, however you want, but this happened. So like um the, the other analogy that this episode kind of like pulls into, and because they say doctoring, um, do you know? About Discovery a million doctoring? times. Yeah. Do you know Discovery Doctoring? Mm -hmm. So Discovery Doctoring was um, the late 1400s, early 1500s. And it was the Pope saying to all, you know, Christian European countries kind of like go out and settle lands and turn them christian and it was oh cool when if you find a land that isn't already like christian you know you for for god are, are allowed to take that over and you're discovering these new lands and if you push the indigenous people who aren't really people because they're just like savages to become christian you're doing god's work which to me is you know lends a, a bit of credence into this because it's a, a weird religious thing and they think they own the land they think they own the space because they their religion says oh no you were this and they don't like endomorphs so they don't like mammals because they are different and they are not really yeah. intelligent in their view because they can't smell as good as <laughs> they can and stuff like that so they're just like nah Fuck yep. these humans, you know, you're, you're not as good as us because we're our religion says we own this space. I think you'll find. And if you don't own this space, if your religion isn't my religion and says you don't own this space, you're kind of an idiot and we'll yeah. lock you up or we'll kill you. Yeah, um, like like how dare you not be yeah. one of us. Yeah. This that's what you get for not being one of us. Hmm. And then there's all the reasons why I don't like this episode. <laughs> so, oh yeah, no, like yeah, don't, like, I, 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 I don't <laughs> like this episode particularly. I, I think it's done. Other than the distant origin theory, I think the having scientists infiltrate Voyager is done better in scientific method, where they're just plugging shit into people's brains. Mm -hmm. um, I think the doctrine works a bit better in. 30 days the one with a the water planet where tom paris takes a shuttle and solves the planet um for them and gets locked up oh yeah i remember that episode that, that, that is, is a good episode, episode. random o ocean in space yeah yeah um, I, I don't like that the voth come across a trader who has who's got voyager's warp plasma because early on like season one season two voyager they were like 
no, we don't want to give out too much technology and we can't have the Kazon get all warp plasma. If they get it, we'll go on a fucking tirade and knock down a million Kazon warships to get all warp plasma back. And then this they, guy's like, oh, I'll oh, give I've you some of this for some of, that, for some of that warp. Have you got any of that warp plasma? Yeah, man, we got warp plasma. Got warp plasma. You're not Kazon, are you? Yeah. All right, you, then, could have, you could have some warp plasma. As a whole directing thing, everything, every single shot on the um, the Voth ship, motivated or unmotivated, is shot at a Dutch angle. Yep. And you're just like, if Jakote's yep. waking up there and it's supposed to be like a different, he doesn't know where he is and stuff like that, Dutch angle it. Yep. We're Dutch at the end where they're in course. Yeah, there's a couple of like wide, like random, like they must have just had slightly wider angle lens. Yeah, like that's that's the only lenses they had. And a drunk camera guy was just like, "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. cool." Because yep. it, as I say, the end of the episode where they're just in the court scene, or Chakotay's just chatting. Oh, by to the his end of the dude. episode, the camera's upside down. Yeah, Chakotay's chatting to his dude, who he gets on with. And it's Dutch angled still, and you're like, no, this is that's completely unmotivated. <laughs> there, it's visual, not a stranger in a strange language. It's not wait, to that, make you I, feel I'm off hearing, kilter. I'm, I'm hearing a really civil conversation, but cinematic visual language is telling me that this is a tense, a tense yeah. back and forth. That something's not right here. Yeah, something and is amiss. Like, no, everything's everything is right. You know, otherwise, <laughs> every sort of Klingon core, everything would be Dutch angle. You know, mm. you'd just be like, okay, this is how you just watch Star Trek court episodes, like at this sort of angle. <coughs> but yeah. I, yeah, not a fan of this episode overall, to be honest. Don't like it. Um, okay, then. So, verdict. I'll say it's not guilty of being a good episode. Not guilty. I know of you being like a good this one. I, I don't think it's guilty of being I'm going to say it is, it is guilty of one count of being a bad episode. Yeah. And it is also n- not guilty of being a bad episode. No, it is. To be honest, I don't think this is a good episode either. No. <laughs> I don't think this is a good episode at all. I just like that one bit. Yeah. And, the the conspiracy like, theory part of it, I, yeah. I can understand why you like. But I, I watched it today and I was just like, God, this is like yeah, so this, like, middle of the road Voyager yeah, where it's like... Every, everything in this episode was done better yeah. at different points. Even yeah. the conspiracy theory bit. Like, like you know, the, um, the Saurian race is better represented in Doctor Who and the ancient aliens theory is better represented in The Chase, TNG. Yeah. So, well, I was going to say, on... All the humanoid races in the galaxy related to humans. Yeah, man. The, because that's, they that's... Are po- supposedly all look the same-ish. You know, they've all yes. got forehead wrinkles, but look mainly human. Yes, that's that's the... I mentioned the Anunnaki in the ancient aliens theory. Yeah. You've got the draconian reptilians and the Anunnaki. In Star Trek, that's the Voth and the Anunnaki are that bald chick. I'll, I'll tell you what else pissed me off with this episode, watching it today. They go down to the... Um, the Doctor and Janeway go down to the holodeck and they go like, oh, find the most like connected ancestor between us and the Voth. 
and it yeah. just brings up like a, a fucking lizard, you know, a lizard baby. And, and Janeway's like, I remember being one of them. Um, and then go like, okay, what, what's the most evolved thing of this that we've got on the fossil record of Earth? Which apparently Chakotay says, we've got a full fossil record of Earth. No, you don't, Chakotay. For you what you literally can't have a full fossil record of Earth, you idiot. Um, and then they go like, hey, computer, can you project 65 million years of evolution onto this species? And the computer goes like, yep. Yeah, sound. And just brings up the exact same species that's in sick bay. And yeah. you're just like, yes, this, this episode, but this, this episode also belongs on another playlist of Star Trek episodes that I, that I thought of the other day, which is um, Star Trek doesn't understand evolution. No, in, in no fucking way. And you're just like, have you got any assumptions for that computer? Or you just, is the computer just going like, I think I know what these guys want. They just want a visual representation yeah, of this They just want me to deep fake that dinosaur onto a onto a dude. Yeah, because otherwise it is completely, absolutely nonsensical rubbish. And you go like, <laughs> the the writers should have gone like, gone like, oh, sixty five million years of evolution. Um, do you, do you want to say they've got like? Because 10 years of evolution could, like, kill out a species. We're killing out, like, thousands of species at the moment on Earth. You know, Mm -hmm. not for, not for, because we want to, because we ruin the Earth as humans. And we're just saying, like, oh, 65 million years? Great. Yeah. And Um, they they go to the Delta Quadrant 65 million years ago, apparently. And And they've lived on a spaceship the whole time. Yeah. And there's no sort of... um... They should all be tiny. Yeah. It's it's ridiculous. I don't like it. Yeah, Um... go on then. Guilty of being a bad episode. Yeah. (laughs) Go on then. Okay, how about Voyager Death Wish, which is assisted suicide slash asylum for Q. Yeah, dude. Great episode. So... Uh, Voyager comes on along a comet. Uh, it's got Q, but not the Q we know, trapped in yeah. as a jail. He's in jail for the rest of his existence, um, which is infinite. And this Q, which from now on, let's just call Quinn, um, yep. asks for his asylum because he doesn't want to be imprisoned for the rest of existence total because he's immortal. Because he wants to die, his his reason for being imprisoned was he wanted to become mortal again and and die. So leads into a hearing between um, Quinn and Q John Delancey Q as to whether to grant mortality to Quinn, mm-hmm. or if not mortality, asylum. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's fucked up. That's a fucked up punishment. You want to die? Well, I sentence you to life. Life for a, for all eternity. Yeah. Um, we hope you'll snap man. out of wanting death yeah. by putting you in a situation that'll make you pray for your death. <laughs> it's a good it's episode. Very good episode. It's the closest thing that we get to a Christmas episode. Yeah, there's a Christmas tree. Yeah. Yeah, when um, when Quinn's trying to hide. 
Yeah, it's a fun little sequence where they find a few different places to hide. Little mm. reference to a TNG bit where he's like, I've hidden. You think I've never been beyond the beyond the beginning of time? Yeah. The Voyager probably flew past the Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> they they also uh, reference Quinn apparently started the uh, Romulan War, the 100-year yeah. Romulan War. Yeah. She was like, no, just did that. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember... I mean, is that did that happen in Enterprise? No, that will have happened it was gonna be after the, the, Enterprise. Yeah, it was going to be season five, so they right. said, if they had budget. <clears> would they have brought Quinn that. back? Oh, if only. Oof. We'll never know. We'll never know. Somewhere out there in the multiverse, maybe. Yeah. I, I do like um, Tuvok becomes the uh, Quinn's counsel. The Vulcans generally are for assisted suicide in some cases. Yeah, uh, we learn here. So it's just like, no, you can be, you can be uh, my counsel, and I know you'll defend me uh, with some like, you'll be zealous counsel and try and defend me properly. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, I think obviously, I think that probably the most interesting element of the entire episode is mm -hmm. during the court. Um, and it's when we get our cameos. I'm yeah. saying cameos, but really we just mean one. Yeah. Um, we get uh, Will Q, Riker, Q, Q drums up some figures from history that, that without the help of Quinn, they never would have happened. We get Sir Isaac Newton, some stoner from Woodstock, mm. and fucking um, Jonathan Frakes as Will, Will Riker. Riker. Yeah. Love it. Um, the whole, he's the plucked whole... them out of the timeline. He's plucked them out of the timeline, or is that Will Riker from now? No, now. He, they're plucked out of the, the timeline, I believe. Oh, no, that is Will Riker from now, because he understands, he knows the Voyager has gone missing. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, oh, no, we thought you were gone. Yeah. And it's, it's just great. Like, yeah. It's great. Frakes is great. He's just immediately, he's just Will Riker again. Yeah. And uh, just... Yeah. Danny, you know, is half hitting on Janeway, really. Yeah, just immediately. Like, just like, what's what going on? Here, what's going on? She's like, Commander, Commander Riker, please come down. He's like, well, hello. Okay. <laughs> I sure will. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. It's um yeah, yeah, it's they they get down to you know telling the story. He fucking threw he threw an apple at Isaac Newton's head. Hmm. Um he helped this guy. Uh, find a random cord at Woodstock that if he hadn't have plugged it back in, the concert wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Um, no and hippie he generation, bro. And Thaddeus Riker. It's a great, yeah. another moment where Riker just kind of comes alive where he's like, I'm so confused. What's going on? Okay. Who's that in that picture? Ah, oh, that's Thaddeus Riker. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, he's great. Um, you know, showing that, you know, if if we eliminate Quinn, we eliminate him from the time stream. So, like, if we take this Q out of existence, then he never would have happened. No, that... that, no, is, that, that is that the implication? No, that, that's not the implication. The implication, Q is... John Delancey Q is trying to defend that having Q, Quinn around impacts all of, you know... Um, the universe. So if you remove Quinn, you remove his ongoing impact 
you don't you don't make it so Will Riker didn't survive because Quinn does kill himself. Spoilers yeah. for this episode that's twenty five years old. But Will Riker doesn't like stop existing yeah. then. But he kills himself as a mortal. He doesn't kill the the Q form. But that's what die. he was after he anyway. Being a Q, it's it's muddy. That's what he was after. He was after mortality so he could kill himself. Yeah. But, but like, I, I, like, I th- but they touch on this in the episode. Like, if his, if his existence, if the, if this, if his existence contains within it limitless potential of of, hmm. of affecting the universe, then why the fuck is he locked in a fucking asteroid? Yeah. I, I like the in the episode they like oh the the Bolian thought principle of like assisted suicide to prevent suffering and then. It kind of shows why, like, in real world, a council isn't allowed to meet with the judge, you know, without opposing counsel there, because cute John Delancey is just like, and we'll offer you a trip back to Earth. Yeah. <laughs> if you vote he tries, bri- he tries to bribe the judge. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a good episode in that case. And I, I think Janeway sometimes, let's say, has questionable solutions to problems. Let's say sometimes. But I think she does come up with the right solution in this, where she says, you know, I vote that we make you mortal, and I just plead with you, with the mortal we, life, yeah. it is a different yeah. experience for you now. Yeah. And you 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 strive for a different experience, or you strive for death because you are so bored of the same experience and knowing everything. Live as a mortal. And the you know, as a judge, you can't have responsibility for Quinn then killing himself. Assisted suicide via Q John Delancey, yeah. of course. That, that's the thing. There's, I think, I think this um, this episode doesn't really attempt to like distinguish between assisted suicide and just suicide. Um, hmm. But I think. I don't think it necessarily needs to because the episode is just kind of, it's just such a kind of clear metaphor for the idea of assisted suicide that like yeah. just the idea of, of suicide through, you know, just from wanting to end everything yeah. um, isn't just doesn't really come into the equation. It, it, um, it does well in framing Quinn's existence as yeah. so dull, so boring. So, you know, he's lived, he's experienced everything in life. Yeah. As a as like a it, for a human that gone. wouldn't for for a human with a human lifespan, I wouldn't mm. say that that is a that is justified. No, but for a for an immortal being, mm. I can kind of see it. You know, yeah. you get it in vampire films. You know, a lot yeah. vampires just get so bored with existence. Um, it, it's always like. The monkey paw when people say you know i'd wish for yeah. immunity like or long life and you just go like okay everyone that you ever love has died a human race is dead the earth blows up you're just flying through space bored stiff because yeah. you're not doing anything anymore that's yep. the monkey paw that happens and you go like yeah that's a you know it's a good reason not to um wish for immortality what did you think of the Q continuum? Looks like a boring fucking place, doesn't it? Hey, that's just how it looked in that moment. Yeah, I, li- I like a I like a theater of the mind. I like a mind palace. 
I like yeah. a I like a a a metaphysical fucking yeah. like and uh, I don't even know what you would call it like a a, a it's just a living allegory. Yeah. It's a uh, welcome uh, welcome to welcome I'll to give the it poetry this. of it the is mind. Infinitely better than the next time they go to the continuum in Voyager. Yeah. Well, the next time they go to the continuum in Voyager, they are at war. Yeah. So it order because, caused by you know the the Quinn situation. Yeah. yeah. But what we're seeing when we're in the Q continuum, we're on this highway. Hmm. Um, that, like he says, it's they're like we're on a highway, and he's like, no, we're not on a highway. Yeah. This is ju it's just in order for all of everything you're seeing, mm. in order for your brain to process it, it's it's being translated into a highway yeah. in your brain. But for people like, who've seen a more modern going reference, on is just... <laughs> for, for people who've potentially not seen Voyager, and I don't know why you're watching this if you haven't, but if you've seen The Good Place, where uh, they go to the court situation and Chidi sees the time knife, and you know, <laughs> and that whole situation—that that's just a representation for something where they can interpret it as humans, and that's the exact same that's happening here, where it's just yeah. being presented to them in a form where they can interpret it in a manner that they can, you know, digest <laughs> because yeah. it's something that they go like, "How would they even understand this fucking shit? How, how do we even understand it? Okay, let's frame it mm. like it's a highway." Yeah. And on the side of the highway is a dog. Yeah. And Quinn's like, see that scarecrow? I was the scarecrow was for a scarecrow. couple of millennia. Yeah, it was I've boring. been the dog. And just, the dog. I love that like, when he says he's been the dog and Q's just like, we've all been the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd, I'd say this is uh, a good episode. Yeah. This is a good episode. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that this is, I, 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 my verdict is that this episode is guilty on two counts of being a good episode, and I also mm -hmm. find it not guilty of being a bad episode. Indeed. Um, how about Voyager author 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 author? Yeah, it's an interesting one. This this is uh, yeah yeah, yeah. This author is author yes please property rights for holograms really yeah man. So th this is a half joke episode and then half a half a serious episode. So I consider this a a light hearted spiritual sequel to uh, Measure of a Man personally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. definitely. So we have um, the Doctor has written a hollow program, which is about the struggles of it's semi autobiographical. Let's say so the struggles of a hologram um, in a organics world, and they're on the. They don't call it the Voyager. He calls it the uh, the Vorta or something like that. The Vortex. The, vo the Vortex. Yeah, it's some. It's vortex. some. It's something it's, V. It, it's a lot of really ham-fisted allegories. Yeah, and he just Lieutenant adapts. Marseille. Yeah, uh, Lieutenant Marseille, and he just adapts people's models, like the 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 visual hologram representations. Um, so he gives uh, Paris a moustache and calls him something different. He makes Chakotay's tattoo different or on the other side. Yeah, he just he turns, does all that crap. It's gross. Yeah. It's gross. He turned Chakotay into a fucking a pair of Ed Hardy jeans. Yeah. 
he makes his his holographic emitter a backpack that he feels shackled to. Hey, that's that's a, that's a neat little metaphor. I like yeah. that. That's stylistic. Yeah, that, that like, that's the, the good side. It's, rep- yeah. it's representative. That's good writing. Most yeah. of it is terrible writing on yeah. the Doctor's part. Mm. But this is all for the whole novel. Holograms be free. Uh, photons be free photons be free yeah i think it's funny that like this came out before a million little like or whatever that fucking stupid fake novel that that oprah fucking peddled to everyone a million little pieces a million little pieces yeah it came out after that but yeah i think it's funny that they a million little pieces photons be free they kind of have a similar ring to it and they're both yeah rooted in bollocks schlock Rubbish. <laughs> They're all just twaddle. Yeah. But the doctor like is sent books. A- yeah, books are for nerds. nerds. Um the doctor sent away this hollow novel as a near final draft to his publisher. And then the Voyager crew discover it and really talk him out to- out of, you know, uh ruining their reputation by saying, you know, how would you feel like if you know the same happened to you? And Paris rewrites the hollow novel as the Doctor being on the USS Voyeur and being a real creep and just yeah. fucking with his patients. Yeah. So the Doctor decides to pull the hollow novel and use his time to revise it and make the character models not just mirrors of the Voyager crew and stuff like that. But the publisher says, "Oh, sorry, we've already published it. It's fine. It's good um, to go. You don't you don't have rights. You're actually a hologram, so holograms don't have." any rights to, you know, restrict work or make work or copyright stuff. So you're kind of fucked, you know, so. (laughs) And then it becomes like the serious half of the episode where there's a court case on property rights within the Federation for holograms. So, and whether, whether he has the right to restrict his work or not. Yeah. I think, I think like, First, first off, just like in terms of critiquing the work of mm. Photons Be Free, like I agree, I agree that he absolutely needed to revise that shit. Oh, yeah. Um, like in terms of like artistic expression, critique is important, and taking yeah. critique and revising your work is important. Um, mm. but you know the Doctor struggles because yes, taking criticism is the most difficult aspect of any creative endeavor by far. So I do think that, especially considering like the damage they could have been doing, like, yes, I believe in his artistic right of expression, but I also believe in, you know, not slandering people. Yeah. Um, Well, they, they say in the episode, like they, they go through different legal arguments and they say like, no, we'll stop it because of slander. Mm. And they go like, no, that probably won't work. And Tuvok says, we'll say it's like um, privileged information and it's, you know, top secret stuff. And they go like, we could try that, but that's not addressing the doctor, you know, having, you know, the ability to hold copyright or anything like that. So they go like, okay, well, let's prove that the uh, defense for the uh publisher is saying well it's not an original work because a computer came up with it so then Tuvok has to prove it's an original work um made by the doctor and stuff like that so it's like this weird like 
half cat and mouse game of like legal jumping through the hoops to try and find a good defense uh, or good reason to prosecute on, which I quite mm. like. Yeah. And like the, the thing is, all of the all of the arguments that come up, mm. again, looking at this episode through today's lens, yeah. I think this episode would be would have a lot more interesting real world allegories to mm. it today. Um yeah. like, you know, you know, you go on TikTok and like because of parody laws and satire and stuff, you are allowed to repurpose other people's artwork to your own ends to an exert to a certain point, yeah. you know. And then you look at TikTok, and there are literally people doing just that, memifying other people's work, taking it, making parodies, literally like making money off ten-second videos of them miming to other people's music. Yeah. You know, it's it's a it's a muddy thing, you know. Um, but, but not even that, man. You're you're a big fan of. Uh, it's not Dali AI. It's not it Dali used. anymore. It's, it's called Crayon, spelled with an crayon. AI. Crayon. Crayon. Yeah, exact, exactly. You know that is AI producing pieces of art that currently in the legal system that we have at the moment have we as people have no ability. To copyright and the AI system certainly has no ability to copyright those pieces produced. Mm-hmm. So th- those pieces lie in this weird in-between zone where no nothing can copyright those pieces of art. Yeah, because you like if I if I if I go on Crayon mm. and I type in fucking you know George George Washington smoking a vape. Yeah. You know, and it gives me those pictures. I can do whatever I want with them. Yeah. Um, but the AI can't say, well, I actually made those pictures. Yeah. And the person who made the AI who who did that can't be like, well, those are actually mine because mm. he didn't make those pictures. Yeah. The AI made those pictures, but the AI isn't a person. Yeah. Even well, you, who gave the, the input for it, who said George Washington was smoking it, you couldn't copyright it either. They are in this weird legal gray zone where those pictures are completely owned by no one. And you go like, okay, this is going to lead to some weird shit because the AI is only going to get better. Yeah. And and where does that lie in if you have AI doing deep fakes and stuff like that? Is a deep fake copyrightable if if they hadn't um retouched let's say luke skywalker for for the mandalorian or anything like that let's say if that was just a hundred percent deep fake would that be copyrightable as a piece of work so then you know i'm sure disney wouldn't hope (laughs) disney would say like please no um don't use our characters as non-copyrightable objects yeah um, um, you can't make those um, like actually we're allowed to manufacture these Luke Skywalker action figures because these are actually based off the AI yeah. deep fake model. Yeah. So not it, the, it, it not probably the wouldn't extend person. to that, but it's just it's in such a area that in the real world we will have to address within like within this decade because it's going to get to the point where. You know, you just have to. You can't. Otherwise, you could be minting it NFTs. 
using um, Cray Ion um, and just pumping out a billion of them and saying like, nah, it's it's fine enough, you know. Yeah, man. At what is, point, is that an ownership or is that not an if, ownership? What if a chatbot gets into it? What if like one of those super sophisticated AI chatbots that like, that like, you yeah. know, the ones that like join Facebook groups of their own accord yeah. and go and start start shit. What if one yeah. of them gets hold of Crayon and starts minting NFTs? Yeah, because we all know that chatbots, all, all artificial intelligence chatbots, it's only a matter of time before they turn into absolute cunts. Yeah. Well, the, who was that <laughs> Facebook one that said? Um... Mark Zuckerberg was a bastard, didn't it? Yeah, the one, yeah, yeah. It, and like that was Mark Zuckerberg's. <laughs> That's his AI. Yeah. So he would know. He would know. He would know. So I, I think it's like one of the more interesting, like something that you can relate to a current situation um, that that can happen really within within Trek because this, yeah. this episode's what twenty, at least years old. Like years, years and years before, before AI was even really a yeah. useful thing. Like that's it's one of the cool things about st- about about science fiction mm. as a whole is that like it shows that like you know you know what's it they say like inspiration is the is the fucking spark of invention or whatever. Yeah. Like or necessity is the is the no, it's none of that. It's the imagination. Like it's. Yeah. You know, before we had mobile phones, we had the communicators. But like, even you know, years before that, you know, um, re- you know, when I was, I mentioned the foundation earlier. Talking, you know, in one of the foundation books, he's talking about a, a touch screen display, and it's taking them ages to describe this concept because mm-hmm. it was written in the forties about like how how this computer with a touch screen which yeah. means you touch the screen and it does things and it has books inside it. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. it, you know, these, we, we're just kind of, we're just constantly catching up to our imaginations, which is kind mm. of, kind of a cool thing. Um, Here's a question then. What, what do you think of the conclusion of the episode where they give the doctor and the doctor alone um the rights to hold copyright so no other hologram you know no matter its intelligence can can hold copyright i mean i guess they're just doing it by because like the doctors light years away there are currently no holograms sophisticated enough as but by what they by their standards yeah there are no holograms that have been given the freedom that the doctor has to expand yes, his programming. Yeah. Um, so the, I guess they're but just going them, a case by all case. Them must have the potential. Yeah. So and, the, there are these potential beings that you're you're purposely enslaving because they are working directly in minds, and you're almost it'll be the equivalent of of breeding people, but breeding out of them free will or limiting well, their free will through so breeding breeding them out free will it's it's more like granting free will to one one of them because yeah. they're the only one you've seen 
and and then just saying provisionally you have free will mm. when we meet the rest of them then we'll decide yeah but like right now we just have you causing a stir yeah you're causing the problem so we'll just deal with your problem i think the same thing kind of happens with data like we don't have uh, an android race at the time for yeah. which you know be in a lot of ways, like measure of a man could be seen as setting a legal precedent, uh, hmm. but it they don't. It's not used yeah. as an argument for a legal precedent because you know, up until Voyager, this episode of Voyager, an android race hasn't hmm. materialized. The only time it comes up again in TNG is where Lau, where he makes a daughter, and yeah. Starfleet rock up and say like. What are you doing? This is like this is that thing that we talked about. This is this we is that thing, this. and now your daughter is our property. And they go, yeah. no, not no, really. Do you remember that about episode? <laughs> we talked about this. Remember? Yeah. Um, yeah and and it's, it's so weird for me though. We're like the doctor. Literally, you can copy paste him. Like, there's a backup doctor on that ship anyway. Or yeah, maybe he isn't at that point. Maybe he isn't on that ship. Maybe so he there's is, a backup maybe he doctor isn't. somewhere. And you could import the Doctor's Holly program into a species. And what does it mean, the Doctor and Data, for these immortal beings who can be literally or can potentially eventually be copied and pasted into different bodies, into different computers and live, you know, within 10 minutes, someone could control C, control V, a species of a million people into existence. And it's so see, like you're you're see, but the thing is, I think I think that you're viewing that through the lens of them being an artificial life form. If you if you well, if you look at it through the lens of them being a new life form, then yeah. what is there to say that you know control C, control V isn't a legitimate form of propagation? No, it I, I do think it it would be for them a legitimate form of propagation. You know, and uh, like the Red Dwarf episode uh, where there's two Rimmers, you know, they end up hating each other and having like slightly different opinions on stuff because they live separate lives from the time that they were split. And that species, in the same way that it could be uh, genetic memory, would have the genetic memory of the time before they were split, but their memories thereon and their experiences thereon would be completely different. So that could be propagation, you know, as completely fine by me. But it's... John Locke's theory of memory again. Yeah. But it, it would be weird for a federation to endorse, for them, endorse a race that could outnumber all humans within the galaxy within a day. <laughs> yeah yeah doesn't mean it's the right thing to do but it's such a you know it's this weird legal quandary of um okay is all art now um conceived by these artificial life forms is there any art that's human art well i mean like the um like the you know the judge rules Similar mm. to the to the judge's rulings in Measure of a Man and Dax, yeah, where it's just like a, I don't know 
if yeah. all artificial beings should have, you know, this this intrinsic essential right to, to mm. their creative works. But I definitely feel like this guy does. This one should, yeah. This guy definitely wrote this. Yeah. Mm. Essence. Yeah. Qualia. There's something um, in it. Yeah. A certain... I don't know what. Je ne um, sais quoi. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so in that way, I, I agree with the judge's ruling of, yes, okay. the doctor can have his book. However, the larger question, if he's not equipped to answer, hmm. he shouldn't try to. Yeah. It feels weird that there's only one judge in this case to me. Yeah, it's, the, it's a it's a contract dispute. Like, I'm sure Starfleet and like Federation officials were like, "Oh God, I ho I really hope he doesn't try to pass a law." Yeah, <laughs> like this is yeah. a uh, oh, this it, is a contract dispute. If it's if it's one judge that gives all our holograms that are doing all our dilithium mining freedom, we are going to go. Fucking mad. Oh, man. We're <laughs> going to have a lot of walking back to do. Yeah. If, if we are found to have enslaved a race, we are not going to be going great. Yeah. It's odd. It is odd. But I, I, I do really like it as an episode. I yeah. think it's it has this good mix of funny and serious and, you know, moral quandaries as we, you know, we can talk forever about still yeah. relevant today yeah so, big fan um yeah. verdict uh guilty of being good i concur you sentence you to uh type out the entire works of shakespeare yes and then copyright them then, then copyright <laughs> them as your own work say so, yeah. i i i generated these at random I I sentence you to put every line of every piece of Shakespeare into crayon AI and make a <laughs> flip book out of them. Yes, and pass it off as your own. Yes. Um, okay, last episode then, I think, yeah, of all these court episodes is Lower Decks. <laughs> um, Veritas. So from, Veritas. So from one funner episode to another. Yeah, um, Veritas. So we're on. We get to a a random, you know, planet of some sort of name, uh, and all the lower decks crew are in a jail of sorts, and they get pulled up on a platform to speak and witness. They're called to witness on behalf of the officers of the yeah. uh, Cerritos. Uh, and they they all have their individual stories about a certain you know star date, talking about you know oh tell us about you know what the Starfleet officers were doing of the Cerritos, and none of them know anything. Yeah, they don't know thing. shit. Yeah, they're they're called to witness on something that they have no idea because they're just lower deckers, and as you see from most of Star Trek. Picard's not calling down to like deck 24 and being like, oh, can you, um, by the way, I'm just doing this at the moment. Yeah. This is what I'm going to be getting up to. Yeah. Yeah. People don't he's, know. Yeah. He's not going down to 
tell the lower deckers that he just spent 80 years learning to play the flute. Yeah. 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 Because, you know, they've got better shit to do as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, it's a fun episode. Yeah. It's, um, it's, uh, it's it, 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 in terms of courtroom farce, it's, it's one that we haven't seen in Star Trek yet. Yeah. Um, the, the prosecution mm. uh, is voiced by Red Foreman, which is fun. Is it? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's Red Foreman. He played yeah, the, right. he played the, I can't remember his real name. He's Red Foreman to me. He played yeah. the Krenim captain in the year of hell and he played the Federation president mm. in the undiscovered country. Good classic Star Trek actor. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and one of one of my favorite all all time favorite that guys. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, RoboCop. He was in RoboCop as well. Yeah, gets melted or hit by a car. Sweet. Melted and hit by a car. Gets fucked up. Yeah. Um, it's uh, the the farce of the episode. Well, the like the 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 through line of the episode is you know again like we've like we've been saying with all these episodes they retread a lot of ground and lower decks retreads star trek ground like no other star trek show does and it gets away by doing it like right in your face Hmm. um so there's there's reenactments of what was going on like we got in in rules of engagement and the fucking yeah uh, a matter of perspective and yeah ex posto facto Hmm. um we get the prosecution citing Starfleet officers as being uh, the the paragon of of mm. of honor and integrity in in the galaxy like infallible like, uh, heroes they say yeah. Yeah. yeah infallible heroes like the prosecutors in um tribunal and rules of engagement all both bring up the the infallibility of Starfleet officers as being like well you are honorable men surely this is what you would be doing yeah everyone knows how fucking on the level Starfleet are hmm. um and of course the classic courtroom star trek uh trope of not everything quite being what it seems yeah yeah, so the rug is, is pulled and we find out that all the separate missions the Lower Deckers were doing, so stealing, you know, getting a map, uh, stealing a Romulan warbird, infiltrating Romulan territory, uh, it's all for um, pulling this guy, Claw, Red Foreman, out, and it's just to... Um, all he's doing this court for... Is it's a party to honorate uh, to honor the officers of the Cerritos? Yeah. But it's all dark and everyone's dead serious and everything's yeah. super foreboding. That's just how we do parties. Yeah, this is why we've got the horn. You know, <laughs> the... the judge, the judge. Why is the judge looming over us? And the guy's like, "I'm, I'm not a judge. I'm just this is just where I'm sat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, sat I'm waiting for my next party. You know, this yeah, is a party I'm room. I'm, I'm next booked in." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a fantastic episode. You know, I, I, you know, the Rutherford story, especially, I, I think, is some of the, the funniest stuff that came out. The of Rutherford storyline is fantastic. His um, his interface is updating. Whenever he mm. updates, he loses his memory, and every time he's he clocks back in, he's up to some fucking crazy shit. Yeah, 
Do the uh, fan dance. He's going like, yeah. the fan dance for what? <laughs> Loading Klingon fonts. And he's like, why do I need these? <laughs> <laughs> to get a sick tattoo. Yeah. Or where he, you know, he's at a gone wedding. And he goes like, ah. And they all start gnawing at him. And he shuts down again. And he wakes up and goes like, oh, thank God. Like, thinking that he's going to be somewhere else like he has been for the last couple. And he just goes like, ah, I'm still at the gone wedding. <laughs> yeah, man. It's definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah. I love Lower Decks. That's, yeah. It's, you know, it's definitely one of my uh, favorite episodes. Rewatching that episode, I ended up just rewatching a bunch of them. Yeah. Lower Decks is great. Yeah. I'm very thankful that as of next week, we are back. On the Cerritos. Fuck um, yeah, baby! Fuck yeah! We are back on Lower Decks doing a search for Spock. Hell yeah. Yes! Fuck yes! Um, um, so yeah. So, anything else to say about that episode? No, just guilty of being a good episode, good fun episode. Ah, absolutely. Guilty of being a good fun episode. Bang, bang. Uh, what should we sentence them to? Um, What's a fitting crime for being such a funny episode? To uh, ten more seasons. Ah, sentence you to ten seasons hard labor down the down the uh, cartoon mines. Yeah, mining for pixels. Yes, those poor animators. <laughs> Although I believe the Trek ones are unionized <laughs> now, so at least they've got that. Draw faster. Yes. Go faster. We need a season a year, damn it. Yeah. So that might be all the court episodes of Star Trek. Yeah. Um, so in terms of representing a legal system. Yeah. I don't think that like Star Trek has ever really had an obligation to to present realistic courtroom drama no but what i think they do much better early on than later on but you know these courtroom episodes i don't i don't think that's what they're that's not what they're trying to do yeah you know like we've been saying these are all just framing devices for thought experiments Hmm. um and and that's one of the things that star trek does best um and and Court, courtroom drama is a good way to do that. Um, I'd say the... force experiments or a view of a different culture. Yeah. So having Klingon court and seeing it based around honor or Ferengi court and seeing it based around money and the rules of acquisition or Cardassian court and seeing it based around uh, 1984-ish fascists, um, mm-hmm. guilty in... And, you know, no chance of being proven innocent. So force experiments or like that different view of a culture has worked fantastically well for Trek. Yeah. Also, um, as as many, <clears throat> many, like most of the cultures that we meet in a, in a legal setting in Star Trek, the, the general kind of consensus is it's, you know, it's guilty before being proven innocent. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when that There's is a lot of what's going on, yeah. When that's going on, you know, it's it's very much, you know, about highlighting why 
being innocent mm. before being proven guilty is such an important concept. Yeah. Um. So I guess, how do we? Uh, what's the verdict on uh, Star Trek court episodes being good? Good overall, I'd say. Yeah, overall, is this a yeah. good idea? It's a great idea, and I hope uh, <laughs> we get some strange new worlds doing some court episodes in the future. Yeah, I do think that that's you know that's very much on the cards. It's very much on the cards for the start of Lower Decks. It's very much on the yep. cards for um, Strange New Worlds. So mm -hmm. who knows? Potentially we'll be doing a part three. Dun, dun, dun. A yep. supplemental. Supplemental. Yeah. Very much um, looking forward but, to Yeah, it. so verdict on Star Trek courtroom episodes being good. Guilty. Guilty. So what are we doing next week? Are we going to talk about Lower Decks? Lower Decks. Season three, episode one, whatever Fuck it's yeah. called. I think we've already got the name, but I do not have it on hand. On that note, live long and prosper. Dumbass. Peace and long life, double dumbass.